XM 105, Sirius 206, the Opie and Anthony Channel. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. Go home, yeah. 
It's the Ron and Fez show on a Tuesday. Tuesday? They are kind of Tuesday, Booze Day, but that's the Today Show. Oh. We don't have to do that. Uh, Tuesday coming out, yeah. And uh, rainy here in the city. I don't like it. It's ugly. It's rainy. Balmy. But, Chris, you'll be surprised. Last night I did finally get to see the Avengers. Oh, yes! How was it? How'd you like it? You know how they uh, honestly say that um, so many of these things are like a roller coaster rides? Yeah. 
I found it to be closer to the teacups. There wasn't a moment during that entire Halloween, yeah. watching little kids in Halloween costumes, yeah. that I felt like, here's something I haven't seen before, or aren't they doing something interesting? But New York got destroyed. Again. It's just, why not even just give us something else to look at getting destroyed? What about the monster that flew that was like a tank thing? Seen it. Huh? Seen and them all. Iron Man flew into its mouth. Yeah. It's just, here's what it reminds you of. It reminds uh, you of like when you go to Vegas and there's the buffet for $9. You're like, you yeah. get so much, but it's all bland, <laughs> but you can fill up on it. And then act like, oh, man, can you believe this? Uh, that's all it is. You are on the cruise ship buffet line. You're eating a lot of fucking bland food for a while. You didn't like the Hulk? Come on. He uh, fucks he, shit up. Yeah, I got all that. I mean, it's the third time we've seen the Hulk now. I get that the face is a little better, but never for a second did I feel like I was watching... Anything other than... I mean, w this is going to be a forgotten movie. As big as it's going to possibly get. Mm -hmm. It could be the biggest of all time, for all I know. But it's not going to be one of those movies that people recall. Okay, what about the humor? Like when Hulk punches Loki. I got a big laugh in the bootleg theater I saw it on. I... Robert Downey Jr. is a funny guy. Uh, there was a couple, you know, throwaway things there. But no. Oh, I, we've already seen him do that. I mean, this is his third time of playing the rich guy who... And he had a lot of screen time. He was he was the fucking main dude on there. Yeah, there's no been. doubt about it. Sure. And, you know, I'm not saying that anything is even hateable. Everything is passable in it. But there's just no uh, there there. It there's just like nothing to give a fuck about. And then the other side... You know, this is very interesting. The... Uh, when we put up the 42 paintings the other day, uh, and some people will say, this is an art. If they see something they don't like, they yeah. say, this is an art. This is stupid. But you ever notice no one will ever say, this isn't a movie, or that's not a song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can be bad or whatever, but people will say, it's still a movie. And so I'm watching that, and I'm like, I'm not even totally sure if this is a movie or just some leftover things from other movies. It was mostly it, CGI. Yeah, but even the CGI we've seen. I've seen CGI before. And I thought, how the fuck did they do that? And this, there was no mystery to that at all. There was no extra. I mean, first of all, why do you need a flying fucking battleship? <laughs> Talk about a fucking... That they weren't doing anything that they couldn't have been doing... As they were an air fucking craft carrier. <laughs> but they're a secret fucking organization. They have to I get, get away it. from everyone. I get it. But they weren't doing anything that was even so secret. Who were they hiding <laughs> out with? All the bad guys knew exactly where they were. <laughs> it was really an expense that they didn't need. And that's how I would really, you know, talk about the whole thing. This is just something to go, look how much we've spent on this. We've given you more than ever. And then the people go, well, thank you. We feel like we've got more than ever. Dan in Albany, you're on Runafest. Yeah, Ronnie, what up? Yeah. Hey, uh, Washington Nationals baseball prodigy Bryce Harper hits his first big league home run. He now has just as many as Albert Pujols, and one more than Ryan Howard. See you. Um, 
well, he's correct. Everything that he says is correct. Ryan Howard's fucking hurt. Yeah, he's and, fucking in pain, man. Yeah, and I know. But look, the Philly season is just it's ridiculous right now. That's why I didn't open the fucking show with it. I was talking about something else. Avengers, baby. I don't think people care. Even when you go to it. I mean, it absolutely would be perfect to take a five, eight-year-old kid to, I think, is right up there with Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, you know, you want to be a uh, cool dad. But um, if you really fucking go back to it and go, think of, like, let's go to, like, Armageddon or Independence Day, right? Yeah. Those things are what, 12 years ago, 14 years 90s, ago? 90s, yeah, they're fucking old. At least then you're connecting somewhat with human beings and you haven't seen all the tricks that they've done before. But now we're well over a decade of the same actual tricks and it's still going on and I'm supposed to give a shit if something happens to Thor or the Hulk. You know you don't care about them and you know nothing is going to possibly go wrong here. But he, Thor got locked in that fucking tube thing and got dropped from the helicopter. You're, you're busting balls because you're trying to find a way of fucking interacting and acting like it's fun. It's not even fun to bust balls on. It's not even fucking so bad that you can sit around and laugh at it. Because it's professionally done, but it's craft now. It's just... Let's, it's like going to a fireworks display when the when there's no new fireworks. There's just stuff that they've done before. Uh, here's our buddy Andy in Cleveland. Hey, Ronnie, I think I know why you feel empty inside. It's because you weren't actually uh, watching New York get destroyed in, in so much of that movie. And I was actually shocked to see how much of it. Uh, you were watching good old Cleveland getting destroyed. Anytime it was New York or Manhattan and there was a major pyrotechnic going off, that was us. Uh, the 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 city the, the the Loki's first appearance on Earth, where he takes over the art museum and makes everybody kneel. Uh, that was shot in our public square and in our city hall. Um, I'm sort of proud of it, but at the same time, I'm sort of ashamed that we could just turn the entire city, the entire city, into a back lot for three months. And then, of course, they don't call it Cleveland. What would, you know, they <laughs> fake put in, you know, New York things. Stuff. They act like we're in Manhattan. Uh, but why, again, do you want to show New York City blowing up? No one... It's been destroyed. We've seen uh, it so many times. fucking times. It's nothing that they're even trying to do. Um, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey there, Ronnie B. Um... Chris Bosch of the Miami Heat out, out for the series. You think it's going to make a difference? Um, no, I really don't think so. I honestly think. Uh, Who's going to stop them? Yeah. Fucking Wade and LeBron are just monsters. I don't know. I But they, they can also find a way to lose. <laughs> I mean, whether, if they're going to find a way to lose, it's going to be blamed on LeBron. And if they win, they're going to fucking give you know credit to everybody. But uh, um, let's go over here, James Jacksonville. You're on fest. Hey, man, I carried all three of my kids, a 15, a 10-year-old, and a 5-year-old, and all three of them fell asleep during the movie. Um, well, you know, I think if I was a little kid, I would fucking like it. I don't understand how a grown-ass man sits around and says awesome to something that you know he's seen 
before. I mean, at the very least, you would have thought they are going to give us something that's going to fucking blow our minds. We don't get that anymore, though. Because it doesn't matter. Like, they have all the heroes together, right? So it doesn't matter where they are. Just that all these guys are interacting with each other. Yeah, that's but how they, even, that's how they but feel. Even then, you don't get any real connection uh, to them. You don't feel like they're there with each other. There's actually a major kind of side character that dies in the film. Yeah, no one cares. No one's heart is fucking broken, and there's no thrown into how ma ever many people of Manhattan, Cleveland, that were <laughs> killed murdered. in this. No one seems. To be all caught up in that. Occasionally, we'll be like, oh, my God, something could happen. I'm, I just saw a fucking building get fucking destroyed. A family got wiped out. Um, Ryan, you're on the run of face show. Hey, Mr. B. Hey, buddy. Uh, yeah, I just uh watching that movie. I was just really disappointed. Uh, and I thought the ending, they stole exactly from Independence Day, where there's like a mothership in space. There's like a beam coming down. And, you know, they yeah, kinda... they're all lifted from somewhere else. All these things have been done before, including the other Marvel movies. You know what I mean? Like, they've all uh, been done before. As a matter of fact, the scene that you're supposed to be waiting for at the end of the... Uh, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, this crazy That was shit. lifted from... Um, the pot smoking, the pot dealing fucking movie. Oh, a pineapple? Yeah, it was the Pineapple Express. Hey, here's the action guys getting together after the fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that probably would have been somewhat of a humorous fucking scene if I didn't think you guys fucking stole it. And now we live in a fucking society where we just lift. We it's... just fucking lift and have the same reference points. So if you say a certain name... Yeah. Everybody's supposed to get it. I uh, there's no fucking reason to fight against it. Well, Just why, go places where that's appreciated. That's why people love Josh Sweden because that's his like style. Yeah, people fucking love the guy, and everyone's like, "This is the best story ever. This is fantastic. This is what makes a real comic book movie." Well, what's funny is that now falls for fucking. That's called craft. When you lift from enough fucking people, that's called craft. He's a craftsman. He's not an artist. He's not going to do anything new. But he sees what the artist does. He fucking just takes it. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, okay. You've got everything in your thing that you need, you know? Okay. You've, if you want to make people cry, you've got the sunset, you got the <laughs> fucking puppy. Sad whatever. Shit. We all know that there's things that you could do. Um, here is uh, Nick. Nick, you're on a fez. Ronnie, I got to disagree with you on one point. Yeah. When when we saw Iron Man carrying the nuclear missile up into outer space, um, I took a moment and stepped outside of the, uh, how do you say it? Like, I looked at the theater, and it was dead silent in there, and you could tell that people felt the emotion of sorrow, like, oh, my God, we're watching the end of Iron Man right now. Why would go, anyone oh, be so stupid to <laughs> think that they would get rid of the franchise guy? It's not going to fucking happen. You're not going to see the end of Iron Man only because there's too much money built into it. And that's in Superman right. too. There's too right, much money built into these things. And again, there's nothing awful about this. I'm sure you can go there, watch shiny stuff for a while... But there are these kind of fucking films 
that can make you feel something as you're watching them. You can feel something when you're watching E.T. You can feel something when you're watching Jurassic Park. I'm going to tell you the truth. You could feel something when you're watching Armageddon or even fucking Independence Day. Well, Independence Day. But it has been done so many times now that it's almost like you're watching a fucking Law and Order episode 15 years in where you know when the turn's going to take. And the exact process they're going to have to get to that point. Um, I was surprised they didn't just make a new fucking villain. I don't know why they brought Loki back. I don't know why they didn't have him do anything. I mean, if you really think of it, how much was he in the film? I guess they caught him, and then he didn't... He, hey, this guy's ass kicked towards the end. But even his motivation, something that happened on another planet, <laughs> his brother, and he's adopted, and... They're kind of dicks to each other. Um, and, and when it really comes to the Iron Man, I don't know why they didn't leave... They could have left it open-ended. You know what I mean? They could have acted like, uh-oh... Oh my God, Tony Stark! Is he gone? No, they didn't even fucking give us that. Oh, I'll wrap it up. Nice. Er, and all then, the guys hey, live. Hey, we're all clapping. We're getting into fucking nice cars. And I bet <laughs> if I was six, I would be like, I've got to have the fucking mask. I got to do it. Um, Wes, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, Ron? Uh, last night, I don't know if you had a chance to see that Johnny Carson uh, American Masters. I've seen about half of it so far. That was, it was awesome, and uh, you talk about lifting things. I mean, every everybody who followed Johnny pretty much lifted that whole late night gig straight from him. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you say that, but then he wasn't even the first person to do it. Um, that, that's true. I, I am. I was like amazed that when Conan bombed out of the Tonight Show, right? And then he went over to TNT, or wherever the fuck he is, TBS. Yeah. That he kind of still was saying, staying with the same stupid set, and everybody coming out and doing it. I'm like, why wouldn't you at least try to do something slightly different? It's why I always laugh at people that are, like, podcasting, and they act like, well, we have to take a break now. No, you don't. (laughs) No one's making you fucking take a break. Well, there's the podcast PDs, and they're dicks. You, the podcast could be anything you want it to be. Uh, we're waiting for uh, Kinky Friedman, our buddy, who's been in here before, and he's bringing a special guest with him today. Oh, boy. Do we know if they're in the uh, building? Yes, they are. They're in the building, yeah. Is the special guest left, or is he still staying? As far as I know, the guest is still here. Because you never know, his special <laughs> friend, his special guest, sometimes uh, decides not um, to, to fucking always stay. But, well, this is probably, I want to say, out of the 90s, which was such a great decade for fucking movies... Uh, one of the real, real great ones. And every year, you would get a new filmmaker that would be a director, a writer, that everybody's like, oh, I'm going to follow this guy's career. And this is one of those, Sling Blade. Everybody remembers Sling Blade. The movie's just brilliant. I love it. So Kinky's brought his buddy, Billy Bob Thornton, <laughs> with him, stopping in in just a couple minutes. Billy Bob's got a... 
book out with Kinky called the Billy Bob Tapes, a cave full of ghosts. Uh, they'll be stopping in in a minute. Uh, Tony, you're on the Run and Fest show. Yeah, Ron. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not quite the intellectual that you are. I'm, I'm not, not an intellectual at all. I, I think you are. I really love this show, and I love you, and I plan all my trips around this show, road mm. trips. No shit. But, and, and I do think you're an intellectual. I, I sort of always lean to everything you say. But, man, you made me feel like such a fucking idiot for liking this movie. And you I don't like, have to be I an like, idiot for liking anything. I said liking it, all kinds of movies, you know? Like no, no. First of all, you don't have to take this personal. If anything, I'm not attacking the audience for this. I'm just saying what they're giving us, right? Well, and, I'm saying what they're giving us is, it, was it worth the price of your ticket? No, not and absolutely. First of all, there are plenty of things, that, plenty of reasons to watch a movie and say, look, I just escaped for fucking two hours, whatever. That's how I look at it. I enjoyed it. I escaped for two hours. Two hours and that's two fine. There's nothing it. wrong with that. No more than there's anything wrong with them watching American Idol and having them set up those fucking packages where you're like, wait a minute, this kid's mom has oh cancer oh, no. and now, he's see, singing for them? Prepared. You are going to feel something when they when they no, bring no. you that kind of shit. My point is this. In these Marvel movies, they didn't bring us anything new. And if you go back just a couple years ago, what Christopher Nolan attempted to do with the Joker character, is they were getting closer to actually being some kind of, oh, human beings are involved in this. It was you know? a ridiculously fantastic character he did with Heath Ledger. But you but you also felt like, are they attempting to have some connection to reality? Where this is merely what the guy said, this is a fun escape. Go do it. My problem is, I've already seen enough of these fun escapes that <laughs> I fucking get it. It's fucking done for me. Lots of shit blows up. CGI is... I think it's the point where CGI... Just looks the same, like not the same, but it's it it, as good same. as it's going to get. Right? There is no difference. Like you could have easily taken any of the fucking scenes out of um, the la like the Thor movie, stuck it in. Yeah, you could have stuck in a scene from the last Captain America, and nobody would have reacted yeah. because it's exactly the same. It's almost like when they did back in the 50s where they ran so many cowboy movies that you would just see Indians going in one direction and fucking the cavalry going the other direction. It didn't matter anymore. Um, that's where they are with this. If they're going to do Funny Hulk, what they ought to do is just replace him with Shrek and just make a lot of people really happy. I don't think that he was supposed to be funny. Like, I don't know. They didn't explain why. He was able to start controlling the Yeah, Hulk. that was ridiculous. It's just out of nowhere. But I would have liked to figure that out. It's like they, they tease it when they're in the, like, the fucking battleship flying yeah. in the sky. Then out of nowhere, it's like, oh, fucking, I can do whatever I want now. Yeah, what? then it should be a good thing to be a Hulk. <laughs> yeah, then you're the shit. You can control being a fucking but, giant monster. But there was no real why to anything yeah. anyone ever did, including the fact that here these human beings... That a fucking hole is open in the in not just the sky but in space and time, and no one is that weirded out by it. No one is weirded out by anything. There's another time vortex. Um, 
Let's go over to Matt. Matt, you're on Fez. Hey, guys. Uh, Ron, I totally agree with you. The, the way that they did this movie is that we already saw the backstory of every one of those characters hours on end. And I was sitting in the movie theater with my kid and my wife, and I fell asleep because I was like, okay, bad guy, good guys that I already understand, I get it. So it was, I had to walk out of it. And again, I think that this is another reason why this is not kind of floating the comic book business up either. I don't think the people who make these films care about the original source fucking material. And I don't think that the people who actually care about the original source material care about these films. They must feel exactly the same way of that they that when Adam West was playing Batman. <laughs> um, let's go over to uh, David in PA. David, you're on Ron Fez. Hey, buddies, how we doing today? Yeah. Hey, I haven't seen Avengers yet, but based 100 percent on the Ron and Fez recommendation, I watched with my girlfriend Marley over the weekend the Bob Marley documentary, and I absolutely loved it. We both did. Well, what did you like better, Hicks, Marley or Marley and me? Marley. No, and me. You didn't cry when the dog died? It got ruined for me. I saw that, that fucking thing on the line, online. It says someone spray painted the dog dies at the end. I was like, I guess I'm not going to watch this now. I know But you don't understand. They thought they didn't like the dog. And then after he died, they decided they did like him. Oh. I've actually done that before. <laughs> where I'm like, I hate that dog. And then the dog dies. And I'm like, I don't think my life will ever be the same. Oh, fuck. That seems tough, having a dog. But I've actually done that with grandparents as well. Oh. That's okay. Um, Sean, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. I thought they always kind of were alluding to that the Loki spear was what made the Hulk go not be able to control himself. That's why he let himself get captured, and the spear was sitting there, and they kept focusing on it when everybody's turning on each other, and then all of a sudden he had it in his hand, and he had no idea how it got there. No, the spear was making everyone pissed off. That was the fucking point of him being up there, for whatever reason. Yeah, and that, so it made it push the Hulk over the edge to where he couldn't control it. I thought they were all just dicks. You know <laughs> what I mean? I thought it was like bringing five front men together at the same time. Trying to create a super band. Yeah. It falls apart before they fucking record. It was like being backstage at the comedy store. Of course those guys are going to treat each other like assholes. Now, look, I don't want anybody to act like I think this is the biggest piece of shit... <laughs> in the world. I'm not saying that. It's totally acceptable. We've seen it a million times. Entertainment. No one is going to be offended that they sat through that movie. And that's the problem with it. You know, a couple of critics, uh, Tony Scott, for instance, is going to say, this is fucking bullshit. Uh, Armin White, who doesn't fucking answer to anybody, is going to say this is bullshit. But the most of the time, if you were recommending that, I would say if you like these kind of movies, you'll probably like this. You will also forget it. It's not memorable. Disposable. Yeah. Much. Well, then in the second, I mean, it, it's this. maybe this just exists, right, for Avengers 2 to fucking top oh, it. Oh, absolutely. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to Avengers 2 and 3 and go back to the next Iron Man. And Captain America. You know, Captain America and Thor and... Hopefully a Hawkeye movie, which... Oh, God. Do we really need those guys? There is no fucking need for Scarlett Johansson or the Hawkeye. 
by the way, when did Scarlett Johansson go from being all about the tit to being all about the ass? She's completely... She's trying to fucking mix it up, I think. Yeah, I mean, for she's me, stereotype. she showed some growth. <laughs> she's showed some growth during that. She's somebody put into that titty box. But I totally think that this is perfect for the generation who feels like I've got to see the last night of American Idol. And then within three months, no one's going to buy the guy's album or whatever because they've, they've already forgotten. And there's a new season about to come out. And... <clears throat> and then suddenly there's another kid, and his parents are blind, but they're sitting next to the TV. Blind and deaf. Yeah. <laughs> they're blind and deaf, and his mom just keeps her hands on the TV, and she feels the vibrations. <laughs> I don't get it. You know what it looked like to me? It looked like Comic-Con. It looked like the whole thing was just fucking Comic-Con. Yeah, it, it was, it's crazy. But we have, like, you know, half a dozen sequels coming out. Well, I was there the whole time wearing an Iron Man ma mask, and I fucking loved it. Really? You had an Iron Man mask on? Yeah. Shit. That's fucking crazy. I had an Iron Man mask, and I had a fucking Thor hammer. Oh, see, that's confusing to people, because you don't know who you like. All right, uh, Kinky Friedman is here with Billy Bob Thornton. They've got a book out called The Billy Bob Tapes, A Cave Full of Secrets. Uh, let's just bring those uh, fellows in, um, Kinky Friedman and Billy Bob Thornton. Studio with us. Nice to see you, sir. Very nice to be here. And you've got a book out with your buddy Billy Bob Thornton and Billy's here too. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. I think uh, right off the bat, as we get into this, just seeing the names of the people who jumped into this that are literally like the best people in their craft. Whether you're talking about Robert Duval. Uh, Dwight Yoakam, uh, Daniel Lenoir, just the names of the people that you work with and interact with are as, as good as they get. They're all great uh, people and have been, you know, good friends and mentors and everything over the years. They're practically family, most of those people. How do you get to that point, though, where you find yourself uh, attracted to, but also being welcomed in by, like I said, the best people from all different kinds of, of work? Well, I mean, most of the f people I know that I've become close with, it kind of happened organically. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody sought anybody out or anything like that. It was just sort of happened. And uh, and I think people of like mind ultimately come right. together, you know, yeah. one way or the other. And, uh, you know, I mean, same with Kinky. Now. You know, we've, we've known each other quite a number of years. And, uh, you know, we had mutual friends and 
you know, finally, you just one day, you know, you're both standing by the river, you know, <laughs> <laughs> talking about jumping in. <laughs> Kiki, how did you uh, come up with have, putting the book together this way? I imagine some, bringing some of the other. Well, that was about all I did. Yeah. I mean, I, I was not. When you sign a contract, you don't know what the guy is going to do, whether he's going to go away and do a film somewhere in Norway with a masturbating tiny baby chipmunks or what, what he's going to do. <laughs> I want to see that film, yeah. by the way. Well, we are looking forward to that one coming out. <laughs> but uh, but uh, when Billy started uh, spontaneously speaking in tongues, you know, in this mm -hmm. thing, uh, nobody had any idea where it was going. And, and later, back in Texas, when I was able to read some of these transcripts, this is some beautiful poetical stuff, and uh, better than that, it's not. Life today has become kind of like a Barry Manilow song. Uh, it, it makes you feel good for for a short period of time, you know. And uh, a cave full of ghosts. This book uh, will will really make you think, and it uh, may last a lifetime. And and I mean, not that he's not capable of doing this, but nobody since Winston Churchill that I can think of has done it, has actually dictated, you know, recorded an entire book like this and have it have it work. Well, the thing, too, is a storyteller, I guess, is a storyteller. And whether you're writing songs or screenplays or just telling a story to your friends. And some of the book reminds me of that, of a guy that that maybe, like, you would sit down and tell some of these stories to Duvall once you get to know people. You know, once you get to become friends with somebody. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not even like I said, well, I'll tell the story about this time or that time, you mm -hmm. know, because that's, uh, that gets into sort of like, I'm going to tell you a joke or something, right. you know. And it, this was done pretty organically. I just started talking about life. And, uh, you know, some of it's just some strange and funny stories about growing up uh, where I did. And... And then there's a few chapters of me bitching about how I think our culture is crumbling and all yeah. that kind of thing. And, uh, and it was a good opportunity to talk about some of that. But really, uh, you know, like you said, when you tell a story, and whatever the medium is, mm -hmm. it's kind of the same person doing it. So somebody who would say like uh, uh, Sling Blade or Bad Santa or some of those movies that I've done would probably like the book because it's the same right, kind of guy, same, yeah. you know, telling it, you know. Uh, you know, for some reason, they, uh, you know, I, if you're an actor and you make a record, you get a lot of shit for that. And, and so uh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> which is kind of crazy, but... <laughs> and then you make a book. But then, but then you make a book and you know, like, oh, you can do that. We'll let you do that because right. the music business is a closed off, creepy little world, you know, and uh, much more than the movie business is. People want to talk about the movie business being this sort of superficial world, but uh, it's uh, nothing like... I mean, in the movie business, we're not really jealous of each other. I mean, that much. Right. It's like I don't sit around thinking, God, I wish I was Tom Cruise or something like that, or vice versa. You know, I mean, we're yeah. all fine with what we're doing. But boy, you don't try to make a record if you're an actor, especially if you grew up playing music, because then I really hate you for it, because I think maybe you can actually write a song. But the thing is, I guess the point I'm getting to here is what uh, it yeah. goes back to what you said, which is I don't write a screenplay uh, and a book and then go get a lobotomy and then write a song. Mm -hmm. It's the same person, you know. And so any story you tell comes from the same right. brain or heart or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, there's a lot of guys like Christopherson 
uh, Willie Nelson, uh, you know, I mean, a, a lot of very talented, poetical guys mm -hmm. who have not generated, you know, that great American novel yet. One would think that a guy like Chris would be able to do it. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's somewhat of a grind to write a novel. Oh, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, just a really ridiculous thing to pull off. But yeah, any Christopherson novel that I well, and, and you know, I would I'd go pick that oh, up. Oh, you pick it up, and you yeah. know something? There'd be even odds that it would be. A yeah. little, a little ho hum. Yeah. Okay, that it wouldn't work. People with fascinating lives and terrific skills do not necessarily uh, create something uh, great in in prose form. That takes desperation. But do you feel like it's almost like Billy Bob has that in his storytelling? That already of he just does. sitting there telling the story, you can just kind of transcript it and not have to rewrite. At Absolutely, all. and and you know I don't want to be one of these pointy-headed intellectual uh, neurotic Jewish <laughs> book editor type yeah. of people, you know that that comments on this. But but uh, just to say, it is true. As you read some of these chapters, it looks like he's kind of forgotten the the thread. It looks mm -hmm. like he's lost it and gone on to something else. And by God, he comes right back to it in the last sentence. Yeah, with a little different meaning. Yeah, and that and he didn't have time to. Well, he had a lifetime to do it. But it's one take. I mean, that's not edited stuff. But also, just like I'm, uh, I'm saying that he in this, the right people are in it. So there's a matter of taste to know. All right, I see these people, and they're great, and know it. But I th also feel like Billy Bob's able to do that when he explains feelings. There's stuff about waiting for concerts being every bit as important as when the concert being there. That made me put the book down and go, Yeah, I know that exact feeling and no one really talks about that anymore but that somehow this thing that that th in our culture now stuff is happening so fast there's almost no time to savor any feeling well he's he billy bob may be the greatest living artist from arkansas and i was thinking about that with levon helm having been bugled to jesus mm -hmm. and bill clinton being a crea a, a political creature you know that he is and I love him, but this guy, is there anybody greater? And, and of course, Arkansas, you know, is like a suburb of East Texas. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> a little bit of Texas, a little bit of Tennessee, and you got Arkansas. And a lot of Beverly Hills bullshit in there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, when you came out, there certainly seemed to be like a lot of people were making it from Arkansas just about the time that you went to mm. L.A., uh, and you were able to use some of those connections early on. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really know. I worked with Harry uh, Thomas and Linda Bloodworth mm -hmm. Thomason later on, and uh, so I guess 89 or 90 is when I first hooked up with them. Uh, but I didn't know them in Arkansas. And, uh, uh, what about Clinton, Alan Ladd? You knew never knew Alan Ladd. <laughs> never knew Alan Ladd. But, uh, but they do dig a trench for me every now and then when I walk next to an actress. Uh, but... Um, uh, that was a funny reference that no one's going to get. Well, no, no, well, you got to go way back for that. Billy Bob is a very yeah. Alan Ladd is one of his heroes, and, and is about the only guy that came out of Arkansas to make it. I, actually, Alan Ladd was born in Hot Springs, where I was born. Yeah. Same, same thing. But uh, have you ever met the guy? No, Alan Ladd. Yeah. Well, no, he died a million years ago. Well, you were telling me earlier today that.
he was still alive. No, and I, and I said he was like five four. Well, uh, I didn't say he was alive. Dig him up and use him as a hand <laughs> puppet or something. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, you know, it was. So he was beautiful to Jesus was, many years ago. Okay. Yeah, he was way way back. But I was happy to uh, be able to say a few things about you know what's happening in our society mm -hmm. in the book. You know, besides just telling the strange stories of growing up, it was nice to be able to say. Look, we better watch out a little bit because, in a lot of ways, we're losing the foreplay of life. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Which is, you know, record stores and uh, and the movie-going experience and all that kind of thing. You know, and uh, you know, technology is really, uh, I think, taking us down a bad road. Yeah. And uh, and our, our history is how far back our history goes is in terms of the younger people now is it's shorter and shorter all the time yeah. you know and i think it's kind of dangerous for us well you know we don't actually even sit around and think about sporting events and things that used to be like ollie frazier people talked about that for years hmm. now i bet people can't go back four or five super bowls before you forget <clears throat> yeah. who was there uh there becomes less and less time to let anything sink in before you have an opinion. Everybody's a critic now, and you bring that up in yeah. your book. Everybody's a critic of what each other should be doing as well. Well, you know, people always blame the system, but the fact of the matter is, is at some point, the people have to take responsibility. Exactly. And, you know, like record labels and movie studios and uh, governments and whatever they are, those have always been eating machines. Mm -hmm. I mean, and they will always will be. So, in other words, you can't if you if you swim across a swamp and an alligator eats you, you can't say alligators are such horrid creatures, because you know damn well if you swim across a swamp, right. well, maybe an alligator is going to eat you. Yeah. Uh, so you have to look at the the establishment or whatever the system a, as an eating machine and a money making operation. But what happened is finally, I mean, where they are, you know, the, where the evil comes in with them is that they finally figured out what people really want, and that's that people all want to be accepted and recognized and noticed. Yeah. So they start selling them gizmos that are named after them. And, right. you know, YouTube, I, <laughs> MyPlace, Me.com. <laughs> so they start naming everything after people to make them, to give them the illusion that they're important. And yet the people really are not important to them. In the meantime, these people are getting rich off of people selling them these gizmos. And by the way, uh, it's a way of sort of uh, controlling people because mm -hmm. what, they, what they've done is they've gotten people so focused in on, on the technology of life that we're actually losing the magic in life. And it's a, it's a real frightening thing. And I'd like to see you know our kids and grandkids actually um, sort of revert back to you know heroes and idols and magic and that right. kind of thing you know good, Although, good fucking luck yeah, yeah. right i mean exactly. i don't know whether we've ever turned back from any technology that mm -hmm. we've ever had like once it's mm -hmm. here it is here but these things are, are no, almost right, like little hits eight, ass. eight track tapes <laughs> eight track tapes yeah <laughs> you gotta have the next thing that comes along yeah. but they do they they change perception they mm -hmm. change everybody's perception and you bring up that you know you don't keep a twitter or whatever but mm -hmm. they they have now got it so the guy like you could send something to Stephen Hawking mm -hmm. and say you're an asshole and you don't know what you're talking about mm -hmm. and then maybe he'll answer you. That's mm -hmm. how crazy we've gotten oh, I know. with this. Well, I, there's also about 12 guys 
pretending to be Billy Bob that are tweeting right. stuff right now as yeah. we're here. And is it well, that's that's the creepy part of it is that people tell me this that I some of them are pretty good <laughs> and and the thing is I don't do any of that uh, right. stuff and don't know how and don't have any kind of Facebook or Twitter or anything and then evidently I do and uh, and then when I checked into it I said well you got to get that off of here you know you can't nobody can do that but it's actually okay supposedly now for other people to just pretend they're you. Right. I, I mean, and to get it taken off, in other words, nobody had to go and present proof that they were me to get a Twitter no, account. It requires a jihad. But to get I got, I have to, to, in order to take it down, I have to prove it's me. Right. And and it's just like in making this book, you know, some of, we asked for some pictures from the movie studios, you know, uh, to put in the book. You know, a picture of me in this movie and that movie, whatever, like you do. And, you know, they wanted, like, one, the first studio, I think, that kind of, they talked to said uh, we want a hundred dollars for the picture, and we want favored nations. So if another studio wants more than a hundred dollars, then we get equal to that or whatever. And I'm thinking, you know what? Every mouth breathing asshole on the internet has all these pictures, and they can have them, and they can get me to sign them and sell them for twenty bucks or whatever it is they sell them for these days. That's okay. Yeah. And, and all these pictures are on the internet. Anybody can get them anytime. But for my own book, I got to pay a hundred dollars no, for no, it. No, what did you do? You did not pay. We didn't use them, See, and we know, used that, behind the scenes. That's pictures. called an artistic vision. Oh, that's an <laughs> attitude toward life. He refuses to pay the hundred bucks, whereas I would say, uh, piss on it. You know, right. I, I would say, pay it and forget it. To hell with it. I'll pay three thousand dollars to use all these fucking pictures that are really mine anyway. And that's a different attitude. And I admire his because he won't you could offer him ten million dollars just to put you in as a character yeah. in this but he will not do it he said no he doesn't belong in it i just met the guy i'm not going to put him in and and that's amazing how I, I don't i know very few people that can live a life like that and that's i think admirable uh when you broke through uh, with Sling Blade when that became this huge thing. That was the 90s where it seemed like every year we were getting some new independent person rolling out. It was a very, very exciting time for film. Do you think same age, same script, you'd be able to get that, present it the no. same way today? No. Yeah. I would never, just changed. never get Sling Blade made. There's an entire genre that's been wiped out by uh, uh, I, I'm not sure exactly who, a combination of people in Hollywood but the adult drama is gone. Right. And, or what we used to call movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, it's, it's incredible uh, how hard it is to get an adult drama financed now. And even an adult comedy, frankly, unless it's about guys that get caught with a sheep in a hotel room in Mexico or something right. like that. You've you got know? to really broaden it up and yeah, exactly. make it as silly as possible. And yeah. a couple, ten gross jokes sprinkled. Well, I mean, I'll put it this way. I, I came up the hard way, and you know, not to bitch him on and talk about walking through the snow to school. But, you know, I spent years and years and, and learned a lot about the, the movie business and about acting and, and, you know, went through the ropes, you know. And, uh, and uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this book is because of one asshole who wrote in to somebody and... I don't get on the internet and stuff, but friends of mine always think that I want to know anytime somebody says something <laughs> right, awful right. about me, so they call me. Yeah, it's like, hey, thanks, you know. You, I have that friend. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they'll they'll call you up and say, hey, sorry about what they're saying. And I'm like, what? I didn't know about this unless you called me. I wouldn't even know this. 
So anyway, I, a friend of mine shows me this thing that some guy had said to me after I'd had a, I had a problem up in uh, Canada, which wasn't a problem. Uh, it was, uh, I was shocked it was news. Mm -hmm. And one way or the other, some guy writes in on the Internet or whatever. It's like, you know, Bill's blog or whatever the mm -hmm. hell he was and says that I should appreciate what I have. And it made me think, you know, first of all, how do you know what I have? Because it's probably not what you think it is. Second of all, you may want to study up on how I, I got it, whatever I do have. Right. And uh, that's one of the reasons I really wanted to write this book is just to say, look, I kind of came out of nothing and I worked hard all my life. And I didn't, you know, uh, roller skate down a banister in a pile of cantaloupes and on YouTube and get famous. That's yeah. not how it happened. So, you know, and God bless people that can do that. But... You know, these days it's more, it's easier to become somebody uh, through scandal or doing something stupid. Sure. And that's what people are looking for. We live in a society of cynical people who are looking for the next person who messes up or gets hurt. And people call that entertainment. And so you have reality shows where people who don't particularly have any talent but they do something, you know, moronic mm -hmm. and become famous for it. But if you're already famous and you do something moronic, you lose your career. That's really great. So it's like, which <laughs> you know what I mean? Does yeah. that make any sense? The way to get famous now is to, you know, roller skate down the banister into a pile of watermelons. Yeah. But if I roller skate down a banister into a pile of watermelons, I say, he's on drugs. He's it must be, you know, something's crazy, wrong. Yeah. And he thinks it's all so, about him now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in the same way of sitting here having this conversation... If I just said something awful to you guys, made you pissed off and you left, then people would go, wow, that was really fucking exciting. My bosses yeah. would come down and go, dude, we're yeah. going to try to get this out, get into the PR thing. That's right. So you have to really, in this position now, when you talk to people, if you're not an asshole to them, mm -hmm. uh, or if you, if you actually read the book and talked mm -hmm. to them about it, then suddenly they're like, well, that was okay, but no one's going to remember it because he didn't mm -hmm. spit on you and leave. Exactly. You know? That's, That's right. the whole society. Yeah. Well, there's they're still a little sling blade back there, you know, in, yeah. uh, in, in Billy Bob's head, I think. that uh, he, He's um, done... He's, he's, He's done things that just become iconic, and that mm -hmm. does, that's not accidental. Right. I mean, I maybe it's accidental, maybe you didn't intend it to be, but like like that lady was saying, Bad Santa, for whatever, whatever you think of Bad Santa, he's the reason it's iconic. I mean, yeah. that you know. Um, but even Monsters going back Ball. to that film, what what they did, uh, what you did writing the uh, character uh, Doyle. And the way Dwight was able to play that—that that would have been the memorable character from any other movie. You know, when I watch that film, I'm always looking at Dwight, going, "Where the hell did you know? Why do I feel like I know that dude? You mm -hmm. know, why do I feel like I've jumped out of the way when that guy was driving by with a with a truck before? <laughs> you know, uh, you bring up a, a guy that I just want to mention for a second because people think of him one way. But that was Jim Varney, mm -hmm. who was such an amazingly funny guy. Everyone yeah. just knows him by the one character. Right. But I saw him doing stand-up one time in Florida. He walked in off the street, and he had been uh, hunting a pig somewhere. Yeah. And he was wearing hip boots, and <laughs> came in and did stand-up, and was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Jim was one of the most talented guys I ever knew. And he, uh, he and I were both managed by a guy named Phil Walden, who was the head of Capricorn Records, a guy mm -hmm. that was Otis Redding's manager and discovered the Allman Brothers and uh, everybody. In the 80s, he managed me and Varney. And sometimes Varney and I, 
and Phil would be sitting in a hotel room someplace, and Vardy would start something, and we would laugh until we thought we were going to have to call a paramedic. Yeah. I mean, this guy was amazingly funny and a great human being. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a shame to me that he died as young as he did because we were actually, he and I were planning some things that were going to get him out there uh to the public in a different light as right. opposed to just the earnest character, you know? Well, I think that in the kind of films that you end up making, if he would have had that chance to add that extra dimension <laughs> where we see all that stuff is two-dimensional. Mm -hmm. And it was funny as shit. You mm -hmm. know, we forget it. It was funny as hell. But he could do a million different voices and go off in a million different places. Oh, it was yeah. incredible. The first time I ever saw him was when Cable was young and uh, he was Burn on... with Tonight and stuff like it, that. Well, this was even before. It was like a, sh a Showtime special of country comedians or really? something because Minnie Pearl was even on it, and uh, he did this character uh, named Elrod, who laid around the house all the time and didn't do you anything. Any yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was exactly always... that guy. Yeah, he says one of these days I'm gonna. He's, he always read comic books. He said one of these days I'm gonna save up and buy me some of these muscles. <laughs> but uh, he uh, he did Elrod, and Elrod worked at a garage. And one time he, somebody spiked his drink with acid, and and he started playing with the lift. You know where they lift yeah. the cars up and work on. And it was one of the funniest yeah. things that ever happened to me. I, I just remember listening that to this. Shit. He would because he'd do something weird with his lip. His lip would go like that. Oh yeah. And he'd be like, "Elrod, get out of here and help me water the lawn." Oh yeah. These buckets is heavy. Yeah, these buckets is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Funny as shit. Uh, I think it's great to see that you're putting this together too, and I'm glad that you're talking about the music in it, and I'm glad that you know you're talking about some of the social things that are going on. Kinky, it's always great to see you too, man. Right. Uh, and, uh, it's um, the Billy Bob th tapes, a cave full of ghosts. It's available out there. Thanks so much for stopping thank you. by. Fuck them and feed them Fruit Loops, right? All right, yeah. fuck them and feed them Fruit Loops. That's the way we go out on that. Thanks so much, guys. I got a new tune. It's a composition entitled "The Thrill." And never mind the man who contemplates doing away with license plates. He stands alone anyhow, baking the cookies discontent by the heat of the laundromat lift. Leaving his soul hot in the water of the medulla oblongata of... Jiggle it if you're down about an hour ago. Took a look around it with a wind blow. With a little girl in a Hollywood bungalow. Are you a lucky little lady in the city of life? Or did you know the lost in your city of night? City of night. Yeah. You don't have to worry when Berkey's driving the LTD. Everybody's going to be fine. Blast this shit. Cut it up. Everything's going to go all right. Is it a good time? Every day is a good day. Kinky Friedman just in here who... Hakes told me. 
is now working his hype man for <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. He's Billy Bob Thornton's hype man. Nothing wrong with that. That's a cool fucking game. <laughs> Hell, I think Billy Bob's about the most smartest person ever come out. Center of this country. Well, there was no greater living artist at Arkansas. Now that Levon's taking the high road to the hell house or whatever kind of like backwoods shit those guys have, <laughs> it always fucking helps. Those are the kind of guys that make me wish I was Southern. Those guys are cool as shit. Yeah, because like you got to go out of your way to be cool if you're growing up in Arkansas. You know what I mean? You're not, like, forced into cooldom. That is a fucking a, choice that you make. It's a journey. Yeah. So you got to say to yourself, I see what's going on, but I'm going to fucking buy the Salmon Brothers record. It has to be something else. Yeah. Something cooler. I want to read this book. You would dig it, man. You know, that's when, like, when those Southern guys start talking about, like, growing up, like, we were stealing washing machines out of, you know, this... Like crazy over the top shit. Crazy white trash ass shit. Yeah, he does this fucking hysterical story about losing it on mushrooms and <laughs> going to somebody's house that he hasn't seen in years and showing up at breakfast and then they're like, We're gonna go to work and him being like, I'm just gonna fucking hang out here for a while then and he climbs <laughs> in their bed. He sleeps in their fucking bed. That's awesome. And he wakes up and he hears them in the kitchen is night. And they come home from work and he's still there. Just fucking Sweating out. in their fucking bed. Son of a bitch. I was cracking the fuck up. That Jim Varney shit that he brought up was fucking hysterical too. I forgot that. When Jim Varney, uh, here's what happened. I'm in Sarasota, Florida. And playing this shitty little fucking club that I think was... Yeah, it was like part of like a hotel, like a Ramada Inn or some fucking thing, right? So we're playing to just a couple of fucking tables. I'm just a kid. And Varney and these other guys come in. They were fucking hunting wild pig out in the swamps. And he had on fucking hip boots. And I'm like, fuck Jim Varney because, of you know, I was a big Fernwood Tonight fan. So I'm like, you got to come up and do some fucking stand-up. And he's like, I don't even remember any of that shit anymore. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been up. And I'm like, dude, you got to fucking hop up. It'll take five minutes. Everybody will go crazy. So he goes up there, and he's like, hey, everybody. And everybody's like, clap. But then he's like, I haven't done this. I don't remember my act. So I was remembering shit that I'd seen. I would just yell something out. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, all right. And he would go into that. And he great. started doing that character that um, we were just talking about. With, hey, you got any more bananas? It's so fucking funny. It was like blue collar before the whole blue collar thing. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, he was fucking so funny. So when that pops up in the book, I'm cracking the fuck up. But everybody that, you know, Billy Bob hangs out with is always the fucking coolest. Like yeah, he's, this guy has some fucking awesome friends. Well, he's friends with Mick and people like that because they all, they all love this shit. When Sling Blade came out, it was like, shockingly fucking great. It wasn't just like, oh, here's a great movie. I never turned it off. It was just what we were talking about with this fucking shit that I saw yesterday. And I don't want to fucking attack uh, slash film Jermaine. But 
You've seen it. You've seen all this shit before. But when Sling Blade come out, you're like, what the fuck? Is this a comedy? Is this a fucking drama? Because there were parts that were funny as shit in that fucking movie. Yeah. And then he's fucking cutting a guy up after that. <laughs> yeah. And then there was that weird shit about the retarded baby in the fucking ditch. And yeah. And you're just trying to figure it out. He visits, like, Duval shows up. Like, like wait, wait. Is that Duval's Robert like Duval? a fucking, like, a retard in it. Yeah. You ever see the apostle that he gave the fucking uh, comeback to for Duval where he shows up in Duval's movie? Yeah. That's it's fucking, fucking unbelievable. Awesome. Just amazing. It's. Fuck Billy Bob. <laughs> really the man. Monster's Ball. You can sit and watch that fucking movie over and over. And we were talking about this before, Pushing Tin. I love Pushing Tin. I really like that movie. Did we get him and John Cusack to sign a Pushing Tin? We didn't have a Pushing Tin. That's the fucking... That'll always make us the craziest people in history. We got some good swag, though. Swagger. As the kids say. No, I understand. Don't get me wrong. It is exciting to see six superheroes in the same movie. <laughs> What superheroes were in Sling Blade? Dwight Yoakam and his band, I guess, could be like superheroes. But what he was saying, too, there's just no place for an adult drama, which used to be called a movie. That's so fucking true. I love that shit, man. You're goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> Go Arkansas. Nobody outside of... Who, who did he mention? Some fucking leader? Churchill. Churchill's the last person. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Churchill? There's two, pe there's two so, people. I was going to look over to see if fucking Billy Bob thought, hey, that sounds crazy. But he was letting it slide. He was loving it. Um, Justin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. I just wanted to uh, saw that Bobcat movie, God Bless America, last night. Yeah. You were right. Fantastic. That's some crazy shit in that movie, right? Joel is unbelievable, man. Joel Murray is fucking phenomenal in that. And who's that little girl that was with him? She's, she's going to be... Uh, yeah, I don't know who she was, but she was great. Wow. But I just want to say good reference to that, and uh, thanks a lot, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, bro. What else has uh, Billy Bob done that was fucking great? Uh, Simple Plan? Simple Plan is fucking genius, man. That's a cool fucking movie. Now, I love Bad Santa. I know you do. I enjoy that film. I know you do. You're always bringing it up. <laughs> I want to do this so I can appeal to people, right? Okay. I want to do a film where I grab all the great independent characters from the fucking 90s. All right. All right, so I'm going to have Sling Blade in it. I'm going to have Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> i have Mr. Blonde in it. Oh, hell yeah. You know, and that'll be like the Avengers. You got to have Jules. I'll call it Independent Avengers. Well, Jules will be in it like he was in the movie last night. Like, it just came out last night. It only came out last night to me. Um, Ed Burns can show up. Peter, you're on the Run of Fez show. <laughs> yeah, Ed Burns would be in it. Hello. Yeah. You ever read any... He wrote, I think, 21 novels. Funny as shit about yeah. life in New York when he was a little wannabe detective. 
Yeah, Kinky is fucking hysterical. And uh, just really a one of a kind. Just really a one of a kind. Hell yeah. And he's just fucking, he's loving this book. His name's on it, baby. He's right here with Billy Bob. He's a hype man. There's two people, Jesus Christ and Billy Bob Thorne. Guess not, who's better? Not in that goddamn order either. <laughs> Fuck. I love how he hates Twitter and fucking YouTube. It's fucking great shit. I know that there's some fucking assholes out there now writing the fake fucking Billy Bobs as we speak. Yeah. Hey, great job, Billy Bob. I heard you on Run Fuzz. Mm-mm, he's not there, man. That ain't you don't him. want any part of it. Hell no. Why does the media got to take shots at Billy Bob? Come on. The guy does nothing but fucking good, make good. Well, that Canada thing was fucking funny because here's everybody's exactly like he should be able to talk about whatever. But when you do your interviews, you have a right before the interview to say, I don't, here's an area I don't want to go into. So uh, let's say last week when Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez did our show, they said along a thing of, hey, we really don't want to talk about Charlie the whole time. You know what I mean? Because that's what people ask him about. Yeah. You have a right then to go, uh, look, if you don't want to let me say whatever I want, uh, then you shouldn't come in here. Or you could say, I'm going to ask two questions is that a problem? Whatever it needs. Yeah. But you need to do all that shit before the person shows up. It can be worked out. Now, with Billy Bob, no one said, hey, don't bring up anything. He didn't, no matter what, nothing was off the table with him. Um, but if he would have said, I'm only here to talk about my music, then, then I would have made the decision, do I want him? Because we do that all the time. There are, peop there are even people that we think are terrific and they're, they're here to push a movie and we don't like it, and we'll say, well, we'll catch him the next time through. <laughs> yeah, it's happened a few times. You know what I mean? Like, this is not the time to uh, talk with them. Um, Glenn, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ron, good afternoon to you, bub. Yeah. Hey, I just want to thank you so much. Out of all the unmasked people you had on your show, that was one of the best that you've ever had. And uh, he played a character in, in uh, the Alamo as Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett, yeah. If anybody could have played that character any better... Believe me, that would be the man to do it. He was awesome, totally awesome in that movie. Um, yeah, he that was a movie that didn't go over too big because of the kind of time that it came out, but historians really like that fucking movie. But, you know, uh, the audience doesn't want to see stuff when people lose now. No, no. Um, let's go over to uh, Sean. Sean, you're on my face. Hey, you're on to me. Uh, you keep calling Kiki the hot man. <laughs> When you ask Billy Bob if he went back today and tried to make that same movie, if he could do it, half a second before Billy Bob said no, did Kiki say yeah? Well, I think Kiki loves the movie, and I don't blame him for it. I didn't mean that that he didn't have the strength to make that anymore. I just meant would have he gotten it even produced. The climate's different, just the gay yeah. movies made. Let me tell you, the next film that he did, uh, All the Pretty Horses, uh... They the studio tore it apart before he ever put it out. He always claims that the the vision that he had, and one of the things that they did was pull off the Daniel Lenoir fucking um, soundtrack off of that movie. Ridiculous. Which 
Some people says is the best stuff that Lamar has ever done in his life. Lamar's fucking brilliant, and he did the fucking the Sling Blade soundtrack, and that is a great soundtrack. That is some yeah. shit that you will not forget. Um, Blowfish, you're on my fez. Hey, buddy, I just uh, wanted to remind y'all about the point that he made about East Texas, just or Arkansas being an extension of East Texas. Uh, that was pretty funny. If you're from here, it's, it's uh, it was pretty good. Anyway, well, thanks. I don't know what gets into you guys and your state lines and shit like that, but there's no more pride than the fucking Texans have, and then they make everybody else feel a little defensive that's around them. Oh, hell yeah. They're fucking bullies. They they, they were their own country for, what, a little while, right? Yeah. So they lost there. They lost the fucking... I mean, for as, as much as they're bragging, they sure have lost a lot of shit down there. Get their asses handed to them quite a bit. I don't see them do all that good during the... Uh, Civil War. <laughs> hey, they got pride. You know, it was funny. On my uh, block yesterday, eight fucking U.S. Marshals bum rush a fucking apartment. What? And I'm like, holy shit. People forget about U.S. Marshals, but they're still out there all over the place. And these guys have the thing to deputize you. Like, they're allowed to look at regular citizens and say, I make you a deputy right now. now in the old posse kind of way. So now I'm in with these guys. I'm helping them out. You're a deputy. Oh, uh, Sean, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie B., you got to give him props for the man who wasn't there. I love that movie. Yeah. Right behind Sling Blade. Yeah, I oh, love God. that movie. I go watch and have watched that movie. That's a Coen Brothers movie that is so beautifully shot in black and white. It's gorgeous. So fucking great. And he, now see the way he's sitting in it? Yeah. He had said before that in that movie he sat, every time he sat down, it was foreshadowing the electric chair. So he was always sitting very still as if he was in the electric chair. Fuck, man. And then the way he smoked it, that whole movie, too, it was hysterical. Just constantly had a cigarette going. Um, Lady Trucker, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, is it time for Fuzzy's inner voice to do his 10 jokes? Oh, shit! Oh, LT. Well, there's one off the list that just called. Oh, boy. Is that an inner joke that wrote that inner voice? Yeah, that's an inner voice joke. That's, you could do better than that, dude. Uh, Mike in Houston wants to brag about Texas. Hey, Ronnie, I just want to let you know the last battle of the Civil War was fought in Texas. Two weeks after the Civil War was over, and the South won that battle. So they shot some people that they were actually yes. now part of the same country with. Gotten word yet? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Man, people love that fucking civil war, don't they? Oh yeah. They can think about it forever. Uh, blowhard, you're on fez. First of all, hey, Texas, stop bragging about winning a battle. You lost to fucking Alamo. Okay. Shut up. All right. Oh, my God. Um, always Stop. great to hear the Kingster on. I used to go see him and his band, the Texas Jew Boys. Uh, they would come into New York and play at the old Lone Star Cafe. And Kinky is an excellent musician, excellent entertainer. And it was a great interview hearing him. Uh, speaking of Billy Bob, one of the early movies that he did that really put him on the map was a movie called One False Move. He wrote that. Incredible with movie with Bill Paxton, and it kind of went under the radar, but it was critically acclaimed. And if you want to check out a really good film, One False Move is the one. He he just plays such an evil scumbag character, and the movie itself is just—it's really a quality film. It's really a well-made movie, and uh, people don't really know about it. 
Yeah, well, it was one of those small films that came out, and uh, that's what got his kind of uh, writing career started. But Bill Paxton is fucking great. When he did the show, uh, what, like last, about this time last year? Yeah. I wish we would have got all these things signed then. I love Bill Paxton. All right, thanks, Blowhard. Peace. All right, it is the Run of Fez show. I saw at one point, I guess it was right before uh, we brought him in, but it looked like G-Baby was calling in to talk about his monster movie or whatever. Precious yeah, but let it, let it go. Have you talked to Earl yet today? Uh, yeah, he's he's good. Uh, he's good to go. I don't know. He was later this go. week. Oh, later this week. Later this week. Yeah, I was looking at later today. Oh, when well, you're good to go, oh. I mean, go now. All right. You know who I need with me at all times is I need to find a fucking kinky Friedman in my life. Who's going to be my fucking kinky Friedman? I'll be kinky. I can be kinky. Oh, I just haven't you. done anything yet. What? Nothing kinky yet. <laughs> like wordplay. Mm-hmm. Get it. What would be kinky to you, Fess? Um, I think if I was, like, tied up, I would think that would be kinky. If I was tied up during sex. Oh, God. Uh, Travis, show the run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I want to thank you for uh, just a great interview and bringing up Jim Varney. I grew up down here in Kentucky, and Jim Varney's a big part of my youth, as was Andy Griffith, both of whom were in the great uh, Daddy and Them that Billy Bob wrote and directed. That's right. This is great. The funniest damn line I ever heard was, uh, hey, I would, uh, was something about, I had this dream that your uncle's getting cornholed in the jail last night. <laughs> I just laughed and laughed, man. It was a riot. Fucking, um... It's it's you know that's what happens sometimes when you get popular with something people just think of you as that one thing and like Jim Varney it's almost like it they beat those earnest things into the ground so bad <laughs> that people and rightfully so will hate that <laughs> but I'm telling you man I saw him do some funniest fucking stand up before yeah I've watched the shit those I was like a real little kid watching all the earnest fucking movies yeah you were just like Fucking loving it. Ernest Goes to Camp. That was my favorite. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> I, I just think of that. More. I haven't done anything camp yet. Maybe you should go or become a counselor. There's no wordplay. Like yeah. camp, like over the top. Oh. Just trying to fucking tag off the kinky thing. I thought we'd all be on the same side here. Uh, who won the voting yesterday on uh, Wettest and Biggest Tits? <laughs> Very exciting. The winner. Ooh, it was real close between mm. giant, giant titties. I don't even know why anybody would find something that fake so fucking enjoyable. That and blue t-shirt. It's between these two. Giant well, fake titties won. Blue t-shirt is like. Uh, it's almost like she's just painted blue. Like, that t-shirt doesn't even look real. <laughs> Especially on her stomach, you know? Yeah, it's very form-fitting. <sighs> yeah, it's vagina titties got, uh, got a fucking... Hell. 
right, we are in a uh, a big thing going on in New York right now, and we've got this uh, listed up under. Uh, everybody, slowly get over to it. S- uh, sex and misdemeanors under good questions. And here's what happened: a recent ruling in this high court in New York says that it's not illegal to having just looked at online child pornography. Basically saying it's a legal act that you could sit and look at child pornography. Like I could have it up here right now and it'd be technically legal. I wish that you wouldn't, but yes. I'm not. I'm not. Um, Now, of course, uh, there's this enormous backlash uh, and they want to take this into um, federal court if they can get it there. Uh, but it has to do more with the, you know, consent of what the person lined up to be. Now, when I was part of the grand jury, I won't say the biggest thing that, you know, the the biggest crime that came up the most was the child pornography, but it came up quite a bit. I can't even, I, it, I can't imagine it coming up that, it was like that much, like, I don't. Either A, somebody doing something to a kid and they would bring people in, or they had busted a ring of downloads and here watch this it's out there dude fucking rings of child porn jesus fuck well there was a thing i think that the new york police department if i'm not wrong about this have their own people that only look into online child pornography um it's that prevalent Yeah, fucking pedophiles are fucked up. And now it looks like, yeah, that goes without <laughs> saying. Fuck, man. Pedophiles are fucked up. So now uh, it looks like they've got this loophole since this thing, and I guess it was a college professor, um, did not. But what basically what you have to do is prove the criminal intent. Uh, does this make you uncomfortable, or are you okay with it? Uh, see... Like if you, I guess there's a chance you could end up seeing child porn and not knowing it. If so, I wouldn't want to get bagged up for that. Like say, like you're watching some amateur porn videos, right, on the internet, right. and the girl looks of age, but mm-hmm. then it turns out she ain't. So now you're going away. When I'm not a fucking pedophile, I right. don't like kitty porn. And yet there are. It's like a very big thing in pornography for the girl to be of age. And be acting and looking yes. younger. <laughs> so your point be, how do I know what I'm looking at? So you're okay with the New York law? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it, yes. What about you, Fez? No, no. It's, if you're looking at children's porn, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you've broken the law there. But what if you don't know? That it's children's porn. I I think it runs along the same lines of you've taken yourself into that territory. You're running that risk. Like if you're buying some goods off the street, you don't know if they're stolen or not, but you're responsible if they're stolen goods. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's plenty of cases where you're not responsible if they're stolen goods, if you don't know about it. There's many, many cases. See, that's the exact fucking point that you're making for the other side, it's that the intent has to be in there. So the intent would have to be, I'm out looking to bypass the government. 
and buy these stolen goods. If you just happen to buy some stolen goods off of Craigslist or whatever, they can't come to you like you're a fucking thief. So that is, you've made Chris's exact point of how is he supposed to know? Come on. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. And it goes right into the top thing here. Without criminal intent, you are not a criminal. So to go back to Chris's point. Thank you. He's a dude... Searching websites. That's right. right? For my porn. And let's apply. How many pictures does Chris have up there? I'd say like 40. Okay, 40. Somewhere in there, if there's a picture of child pornography, he doesn't know it. He did not go looking for it. How how could he be arrested for that? Uh, He hasn't downloaded it. He hasn't kept it. He hasn't uh, done anything about it. Um, Jake, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, Fez, you like the younger fellow, and don't you kind of fall into that gray area of you might be looking at something online on some tube site and might find something that ends up disguised? I think so, but I think that would be my own fault, and I would be, I would think, I would consider myself liable for having kitty porn on my computer. You, no, 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 there's a difference between having it on your computer, like, that you've downloaded and kept it, you still can't do that, but you're viewing a site, it pops up. That's not the same exact thing of going out Searching. and looking for child pornography. And here we make another point. You want this, uh, you see this as a crime. Um, at the same time, you're interested in young people. Right, yeah. You said as young as 17. Yeah. Um, isn't it funny? And I, I, it's the weirdest thing because we do have a kind of a worshiping young people mentality in this. Uh, Kate Upton, we put her up. She's 19 years old. And that fact comes out constantly. Yeah, everybody's crazy about her, Dude, she's right? She's 19. So that's about as, as desirable as you can get in our society. We love young women. I'll just use women in this case, Fez, to make it easier, but in your mind. Fill in twinks and fucking otters and chipmunks and whatever you fucking call them. (laughs) But look how close what we value most of all, right, Mm -hmm. is to what we consider hideous and we are ready to put in jail is only a little, it's so close with each other. It's fucked. So, um, there is, um, a massive amount of this. Uh, Tim, Tim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how you doing? Big fan. Yeah. I just want to say that there's a big difference if you accidentally download a 16-year-old girl, if you're then purposely watching like a 4-year-old girl. I think there's a I, huge difference. Now, but is that in the law? You know what I mean? that, I, And I will agree with you 100% right there, that you can make a... Uh, a thing of knowing whether somebody is 16 or not, but if somebody is four. Now, some of the stuff that uh, I had to see on the grand jury was incredibly young kids, where people were actually crying on um, going over the evidence. That's disgusting. Um, 
there wouldn't have been anybody um that would have fallen uh for that uh chris you're on the run of fez show hey you know with that new york law as far as images being cached you know who hasn't been online and had windows pop up and open and you're freaking out because you're getting porn on your work computer and i mean just because you've got the the images cached doesn't mean you're fucking looking at it all right how do you answer that folks because that is that is the the point of this that if you're not setting out to do it how are you being thrown into this you're going to places online that obviously no have it and then and that by that fact no, no 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 that's you crazy can go online and look to it. no no hold on shit that you didn't search for at that yeah in the same way that's like saying it's your fault for being in that part of the town you know what i mean you're in a rough part of town Therefore, you're responsible for any crime that goes down. No if, shit. If I get raped because I'm wearing a fucking halter top and a mini skirt, is it my fault? Because that Fez says yes. Back? Fez says you asked for it. That's right. I asked because I'm a whore. That's God what Fez is it. calling you. Or a skeezer. Yeah. Fez is calling you a whore right now Sky. and saying I'm that you a have whore. a whore mouth. And that maybe once you get your that? ass filled. He just feels it because of what he's read in the Bible. All right. Thank Damn you. It. Um, because you don't see the craziness of your statement, Fez, as if if I go into a fucking titty bar and they fucking bring a girl out and cut her throat, it's not like, dude, you're you're a murderer too. You're watching stuff for and you. You're all in this together. I had no idea. I thought I was just going to see some chick fucking dancing. Uh-uh. All right, um, let's go over to um, let's go to Chris. Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys, um, I think it's great that they finally defined a line because there's so many websites out there where you, they say on the website all of the models are 18, and then you go in there and you're like, uh, I don't know. I worked for a company where I did IT security, and somebody said they were sending kitty porn in, and we had to verify it before we sent it off to the FBI. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be one of those great things again. Is it kitty porn or not? And I had to look at the images, and holy shit, it was kitty porn. I mean, there was, there was no doubt that this was kitty porn. And I think that's where the country is in trouble is because when you look at, like, the My Girlfriend sites, you have no idea whether these girls are in college, whether they're of age. No matter where you're going, there the verification is particularly since a lot of these sites aren't American at all. You know what I'm saying? Some weirdest apparent European now, shit. Basically, I think what New York is saying is if you collect these pictures, if you download them, the if you belong to somebody, then you're setting yourself up like you're that. They just don't want to buzz people who are surfing um fez let's do this quick come over and take a look before i go into this site uh would it be okay to see this girl naked i would say yes she's of age uh this girl is 14 years old and this is from a documentary called are all men pedophiles basically it's a documentary coming out saying that we are into youth culture. We sit around... I mean, think of how many times that we watch these porky-type movies that the people are even pretending 
to be underage when we know they're older. Yeah. You know? That was the weird thing about the movie Kids. When you actually see kids that age, you're like, oh, yeah. stop it, you guys. <laughs> but so many times we watch stuff when people uh, that play was a, older. That was the tamest of that guy's fucking movies. So, Fez, if I would have clicked into that, we just saw nude pictures of her, and your eyes said, yes, she's old enough, we would have all been arrested. This is under uh, good questions. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here is Dave in Arizona. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Um, to make a long story short, you know, I, I had some charges, some accusations made my way. Against uh, a crazy ex. Anyways, um, they took my shit, investigated, took my computers, my or my computer, my phone, and I had porn on there. You know, I went to a lot of tube sites. They know what they're looking for. I got all my shit back in a week. You know, they know that this chick is crazy. They know what they're looking for. They're looking for little fucking pre pre pubescent kids. You know, and. It's not a it's not a fine line, you know. I've been through this. It well, sucks well like yeah. In the case of what you're saying, yes, you're a hundred percent correct. Uh, but I do remember there was a case back in the '80s. Uh, the biggest porn star in America at that time was underage, and anybody who owned their tapes, uh, and she had lied about her age. And if anybody who owned those tapes or was selling them was all set up for it. Yeah, it was all busted, right? But yeah, most of the time when you think about, when you think of what kind of person is going to go to jail for this, you got to be thinking really, really young. But at the same time, how do we know what images? Suppose there's these, you know how you go to uh, nude beaches, right? Yeah. A lot of those places are family resorts. They're not even being sexualized about it's, this. Yeah, it's just tanning. Those pictures are online, front page of any of those resorts. A lot of people go to them. I have friends that go to them. Jeez. Who's to decide whether or not? You know, when we were younger, they would always take pictures of little kids in bath uh, fucking tubs. By the time I had kids, you don't want to ever take those fucking pictures of kids. That story will pop up every now and yeah. then, too. If a guy brought the photo thing, it's like, uh-oh, this guy's a fucking ped. Um, it's kids. Let's go over to um, Big Daddy. You're on the Run of Fish show. Hey, what's going on, brothers? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think on the other end, if you like to watch, you know, the mature porn like Age to Perfection, you consider it a freak too. So where's the happy medium? Um. Well, who says you gotta have a happy? You like mature people? Uh, not not granny porn, but you know. Uh, 30s and 40s, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty decent. You are that's a sick fucking to want, weirdo. Seriously, to want to see a woman in her 30s Ugh. or 40s naked? Oh, my God. That is, uh, I'm going to fucking uh, vomit and uh, throw myself out of window. I agree with that. What's that? Women <sighs> in their 30s and 40s. Well, any age naked, really. Doing it like a gay joke? Uh-huh. Bound it. Blow it up. You locked it, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it explode. Here's our buddy, the last psychiatrist. Ron, how you doing? Hey, uh, I just want to give you a little bit of a psychiatric perspective about pedophilia. Uh, psychiatry has long understood that there's 
plenty of men who are attracted to teenage girls, and we call that appropriate in the sense that the teenage girls are mature and they're adult, and even though they're underage, they appear as adult women. women. But the reason why it's still categorized as pedophilia is because society isn't ready to accept a man being attracted to a 16-year-old boy yet. Mm. Sorry, Fez. So it's the thing that Fez... So most of these things are just lined up to catch a guy like Fez. Well, it's not even so much catch, but it, it almost ruins it for the rest of us in that since psychiatry, and they're really the ones driving this, since psychiatry can't come up with a way of understanding whether or not it's okay for a man to be attracted to a 16-year-old boy and have society accept it, it just says that it's always bad all the time, 16-year-olds in general, women and men. Well, you could read any news story about a pedophile being caught, and before you get to the details of the story, I think most people assume it was a guy touching a little boy. Yes, right. And that social opprobrium is what generates the law that says that you can't have sex with a 16-year-old girl either. So if you remember that case of the teacher with the student, and he, he was on TV saying that he and her are in a committed relationship, and it was, you know, everybody was aghast and whatnot, but... If that had been him and a boy, it would, there would have been instant criminal charges. You never would have been able to get away with it. So I'm not trying to skew it either way, but I am trying to point out that the reason why society right now has this kind of rule against anybody under 18 at all, states vary, but anybody under 18 at all, is because it hasn't yet figured out how to handle the gay question. All right, once again, Fez, ruin it for everybody. <laughs> right. It was never my intent. And yet you did. All right, so when you hear him saying that now, does that change your mind about what you said on intent? Does it feel like it's just a, a way to once again degrade homosexuals? Well, I think I think homosexuals are always, there's going to be some part of the population that sees them as deviant no matter what they're doing. You're missing the point here. The point being that the government itself does, and, or psychiatry itself does. You're not talking uh, about some people with their own prejudice. You're talking about institutionalized. The fact that the institution itself has said, we've got to keep this down, not so much for heteros, but for gays. And then that makes you buy right into it as if, oh my God, this is sick behavior. Where do you get that from? I was taught that. Where well, you, you taking a guy like Fez He's brainwashed to despise himself. And we went through the stuff yesterday. He flat out hates himself. Yeah. Um, let's go over to J.D. You're on Run Fez. Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, uh, my take on this is if, if, there's something you can look at it but can't own it. But the second you look at it, you own it because it's on your computer. It's cached into the memory. So... If they were going after somebody who they thought was viewing this, and this guy says, well, I was just viewing it, he take his computer, all those images are cached into it automatically. So he then owns it. No, I think they actually have to say that you have to download it. That's the point there, that it has to be downloaded and kept with intention. And that went back to our original thing, that it really is about... Um, Intention. Um, Wes, you're on the Renafet Show. Wes. Yeah, does uh, accidental underage porn viewing happen that often in New York? So they need a law against it? 
Well, what happened is it only has to happen once for suddenly to become that precedent. So here's what happened. A guy gets picked up. I think he was a college professor. They said he had kitty porn. He made the point that he was searching online and it just happened to be on some of these sites. Up. Then they said, okay, that makes sense to us. So boom, let you fr- free now other people are going to be using that so suddenly now it needs to be looked at and sent up through the court system and they have to look at it harder uh but i can tell you there are people in every branch of law enforcement that are just sitting around and dealing with this kind of stuff did that happen before the computer i think probably not because you weren't going to have kitty porn and let's say playboy or even a hustler or penthouse. Anything, any mainstream thing right. that you can... You would have had to go through some kind of black and white fucking stapled together. Some underground shit. Right. It would have been deep underground, not selling any kind of Budweiser <laughs> ads or whatever. But now all that stuff is out the window. Um, when people have sent stuff in for our site, if we can't verify who the site is, we try never to put it up. Because we don't know. Somebody could look like they're 30 and be underage, for all we know. Um, Here's uh, Alan. Alan, you're on the Renefez Show. Hey, you know, Ronnie, you're exactly right. Um, From a a lawyer, everything is about the intent. Are you going out there? Are you seeking getting these child pornographic pictures uh, versus having somebody just, you know, coming to pop up or spam? So, um, do you think that this is going to be able to hold that way in New York? I think it's going to. Um, I think it's going to be fought hard. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I've represented guys on internet sex cases before. You know, you, you really have to go back and look at what was the intent that this guy or girl had when he went into the internet, out into that world, and he tried to do something or didn't try to do something. And I've had cases... But there were convictions overturned just because of intent. And I I appreciate it. And that was like your your initial statement, Fez, was actually defending the reason why this is up. Because if you do buy something, if I buy something from Chris, um, a book, uh, a DVD player, and I don't know that it's stolen material... Should I be brought in like I'm a fucking thief? I'm part of a crime when I thought I was just buying something fucking used. Some guy who's going out looking at pictures of pornography online, how does he supposed to know that out of the 150 pictures that he sees, one of them happens to be somebody uh, underage? Particularly when they play the barely legal game these days. This girl... Busted a bunch of people who fucking thought she was fucking underage porn. The little Lupe or whatever. How old is she? She's like 19 or something. She's of age. She's right. of age. But the gimmick is this girl fucking does not look like she's 18. And people got busted fucking th- because the authorities thought it was kitty porn. Um, now, they busted people or they busted her? They busted people. I think some guy was traveling with like her porn in and they thought it was fucking it was kitty porn. Well, they show some of those guys that 
jump up, uh, like we'll start looking shit like this on an airplane, like this. And Hicks is almost one of these guys. Oh, where twice you've put up pictures and like you thought were funny in front of women, not realizing that it's cartoons. Everyone, yeah. Um, Charlie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie, there has to be some kind of penalty for the kids putting up what they're putting. I'm not saying child molesters and, you know, pornography should be legal. I'm one of these people who there are so much sexting going on between kids younger than 16. I, I, I worked in the public schools. It's unbelievable the amount of child pornography because of cell phones, a camera, and a mirror. An unbelievable amount of child pornography is out there now. Well, I don't know, you know, having one little girl, right, who's sending pictures of herself to her underage boyfriend, that doesn't freak me out. That's just technology following what life has always had. But it's when there's an older guy who would be uploading that. It would be some guy letting her think that she's going to make it in Hollywood. That would be the criminal, not the little girl, in my opinion. All right. Once a 15-year-old girl takes a picture of herself naked, posts it to Facebook, Foursquare, any of these social media things, it's there forever. It is downloaded and uploaded so many times, that picture will never be destroyed. There'll be so many digital copies of it on so many servers, it's permanent now. And I'm saying that there's a progression of how much stuff is out there. That however much you think is out there now, there'll be twice as much next year. And twice as much the year after that. All right, so you're talking about it just somebody who's trying to get through to these kids, right? To explain to them. I, see, they don't... They're raised differently than we're raised. We weren't yeah. raised with the Internet. We weren't raised with cell phones. They don't think there's anything wrong with everyone in the world knowing where you are all the time. They have no street smarts. There's yeah. no such thing as street smarts in kids' day. And there's nothing in a 15-year-old girl's head that said posting something of this to my boyfriend to come back to bite me. Never happened once. They don't. Well, they can't think because they weren't raised that way. How many? How many of these kids you think are doing stuff like that? I think all of them. To some degree, every every kid is doing this. <laughs> well, you know, I remember when this first came out that I had said. Look, you guys are going to want to, you know, be CEOs one day or run for public office. And the kids said to me, uh, we just won't care. It won't be a big thing. And that's kind of become somewhat true. That has kind of become somewhat true that it's very rare for these things to haunt. If you look at Kim Kardashian and the sex stuff that she has out, and of course she didn't supposedly mean it that way okay. perhaps she did but it hasn't stopped her from getting a perfume deal or oh, anything help her it, yeah it's, it just helped her it got people to know who fucking kim kardashian was um, before that she was just like on page six as paris hilton's friend let's uh go over to our friend htg hi guys hey um this topic's the first for me uh there's actually an entirely different issue here um, in addition to the one you guys are talking about, okay. people don't get busted just because, you know, they saw one picture on a website by accident. You know, the cops aren't going around with some kind of filter that everyone who clicks on that link, boom, you're, you're busted. The case that this is about in New York, this guy had, I think, 30,000 images of uh, a young girl on his computer, 
And the, it, you know, first he did, said he didn't even know we had them, he didn't know anything about them. Then he said that it was a research project, which I think is what Pete Townsend said to over in Europe. Right. And then there was some uh, talk show host, some, uh, I think it was a psychiatrist and talk show host back in 2007 that said he was researching a potential issue on a book. So, I mean, never mind the fact that we probably don't believe people who say that. But if you can prove that you were looking at these pictures either to research a book or, I don't know, maybe on a dare or maybe just because you had some crazy morbid curiosity but you didn't get any sexual gratification from it, I think the question is whether you're still a criminal if those are the reasons you looked at the pictures. Well, I don't know if that's... Uh, I mean, that might be used as a defense, but I doubt... I think that that's more rare than anything that we've talked about. Well, uh, it's definitely more rare, but the question is, can you even offer it as a defense? Because if we say that the crime itself is actually just seeing the pictures, then you can't even use... Then even if you were researching a book, that wouldn't be a defense. Well, I told you, I had to see this stuff on the jury, right? Which would be the crime. You're you know, I mean, it's not like, hey, look, we buzzed this guy with cocaine. Everybody here, do a line of cocaine <laughs> so real. you could understand. You think they would have been able to come in and believe me, we were we were suffering every time they said we've got one. of. I mean, we used to beg, please don't make we're so fucking sad today. Don't make it another kitty porn case. You can't fucking handle one. Jesus. I mean, I saw grown men just fucking weeping, weeping. What the fuck? It was terrible. And, and and suppose that someone who had had um, a member of their family was either the criminal or the victim of a sex crime. You, you could see a situation where that person might want to say, "What what is going on? You know, what is this about?" And might want to search the internet. To but see. that that would almost I I think wouldn't you have to then at least have some documentation of what you were doing? You know, like put it out there. Before the fact, I'm researching this project. You know, have a paper trail. Hey, everyone, here's a heads up. Right. Yes, and, and that's what this court is saying. This court isn't saying that this guy's innocent. It, this is a court of appeal, so what they're saying is you can't say just the fact that he looked on it is enough. You've got to go back down to the trial court and look into was he researching it or not. That has to now become something the jury decides. And I wouldn't they have before though? I mean, I don't, I don't see where this plays into our discussion at all because I think the I'm writing a book has got to be the rarest thing, and we still haven't seen Pete Townsend's book. Right, but that and he gave his fucking credit card over. And I hope it's not a coffee table book. But that's what the court's saying is that you know that that in this one particular case, you know, the court is saying that you can't just call it criminal. You have to you have to show that they had a criminal intent too, or, or actually they didn't say that, but they said there has to be something more than just that you look. All right. And the court would look into whether that was true or not. All right, I appreciate it. All right, thanks. Bye bye. All right, everybody's making your point for you, Fez, but the one that you were making for Chris. So it looks like Chris has the actual win on this. All right. At least in the place. That the courts were now. But that's only because Fez gave you all the ammo. Thank off you. the bat. Thank you. Now you owe him. Okay.
HDG has brought up the I'm writing a book defense, which I don't know if that could ever work. Constantly writing books about fucking kitty porn and drugs. <laughs> Smuggling shit. Um, let me ask you this, though. People who... Let's suppose this. Okay. Give me a, a, a child's... Uh, uh, something that Disney does or any of those shows. Uh, high School Musical or something? All right, that's 10 years old. Do you know any of the shows now, Fez? Um, let's, uh, iCarly. All right, I don't know what that is. This is kids on it, right? Yeah, it's kids. Uh, Mrs. Obama visited. Oh, All my right. God, these are young. If a guy is watching that at his house... Okay. And masturbating, is he a fucking criminal? That's the fucking thing that I think is closer. There's somebody sitting around looking at a Sears thing, masturbating. Is that guy more fucking dangerous than guys that are actually perusing 17, 18-year-old porn? Oh, boy. Guys, Watley. Um, I'm going to say... Yes, that he is more dangerous than someone who's looking is he a for criminal? some... He's not a criminal because oh! there's no cars. Oh my god, he oh! is a criminal. He's jacking off to 14-year-olds. Possibly younger. I haven't seen iCarly. I haven't seen it either and I never will. I could never watch any of those shows the kids are fucking bad actors on. <laughs> They're all just awful actors. Like Hannah Montana or whatever? Yeah. But it's weird, like, if you look at Taxi Driver, there's some people that, you know, because she was underage, that, right? they would think that she shouldn't even have done that. Oh, fuck that. It was a great role. It was a fucking film. Um, she wasn't actually being pimped out by Harvey Keitel. All right, here's Mike in Texas. He's going to help us. Hello? Yeah. Hey, uh, I was just calling in because I heard uh, the discussion y'all were talking about. I actually uh, investigate these types of crimes. Okay. And uh, from what I was reading, it seems like the uh, law in uh, New York is pretty antiquated. And uh, it seems like that's probably why it got, uh, he was able to get that overturned in an appeals court. Well, you've and come so, up with an uh, interesting point because the way technology changes so fast, I guess the laws are going to have to change almost as fast, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're constantly dealing with new things, you know. Like uh, the big thing now is a lot of cell phones. You know, uh, people can carry those with them now and have child porn or or any other kind of uh, evidence of illegal activity saved on a memory card on their phone, or they can upload it to a. Uh, like an online server somewhere now, you have like that iCloud with Apple and Google Drive and, right. and things like that, Amazon, all those. And so the law is going to have to change drastically in order to uh, help to prosecute these types of offenses. Uh, yeah, it's going to have to move at incredible speeds. And, you know, things are coming up now about these... Um well, the fact, I, I would not yet call them robots, but whatever those weird dolls are, you know, that could be, end oh, okay, up, they yeah. look like they're going to be sex dolls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, and is that, right. if you have something that looks too young, you know? Well, uh, 
yeah, that's probably something that the courts are going to have to decide on before, you know. And, I mean, it's going to take, you know, a law to come out and then to have somebody attempt to be prosecuted on that to see if uh, it's going to hold water or Bec if it's, yeah, cause you know. Yeah, because haven't people been busted on, like, cartoon stuff where it will be like um, those Lisa Simpson's getting railed uh, cartoons? Yeah, I guess, yeah. I'm, I haven't ever dealt with anything like that. Now, Mike, you um, say you do this uh, for a living. How do you become aware of where these guys are and what they're up to? Oh, man. It's, well, I've, I've gone through lots of training, obviously, yeah. through my work and everything, but it's so prevalent out there. You You can't even type in a search for anything without finding something on, like, a Google image or, or whatever. I mean, you can even, like, look at chat rooms, and they're just, they proliferate that. Yeah, you must be just exhausted. You must wow. uh, you must be getting so depressed in your work. Uh, you know, it, I don't think it bothers me as much as some people because I don't have kids, you know, but I know people that have kids, and then they deal with that, and they... They're out of it within just like a few years. Yeah. They just can't handle. They're just like, man, that kid reminds me of my daughter or yeah. my son. Or, you know. Luckily for you, your nerve endings are dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just don't have kids to compare that kind of stuff to. So, all right, I appreciate yeah. you calling, Mike. And yeah, you have a good day, man. All right, bye. And 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 you guys are weird. Mike is keeping an eye out on you. He's looking over all the time. Some dude did get busted in 2010 for Lisa Simpson porn. Uh, I remember it had it was Lisa Simpson. Yeah. Uh, Adam, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Uh, Ron, you remember uh, Leon or The Professional, the movie? Yes. The, there's actually, uh, in, that, you know, in that movie, when you watch it, it's, it's very touch and go, but the, uh, the UK version of the director's cut, oh, they yeah. actually cut a scene out for the American version, which was really uncomfortable. In the restaurant? Yes, exactly. What happened? It's basically, she's implying she wants to fuck him and they're getting drunk. It's fucking oh, really yeah. weird. And like, if that, putting that scene in, into that movie made me feel like, yeah, they were going to fuck if he survived. If he got out of there, yeah. they were going to have sex. So the best thing that could happen is him for him to die. <laughs> it's fucking Gary Oldman fucking putting a bowl. There was a, I remember when that thing came out, and because... You know, she, I mean, obviously, she turned into a beautiful woman, and, you know, her face as a little kid, you knew yeah. that this was going to stay a beautiful woman her whole life. So that really was a, a matter of great debate when that first started out. I thank you, my, my friend. Uh, Kevin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, I had an issue, and I'm a little embarrassed to say it, but I have a seven year old and a four year old daughter, and we have all of their iPads and our iPads and iPhones and iPods all connected to the cloud. Uh -huh. And me and my wife were going through it one day and came across pictures of my daughters taking pictures of each other. Mm -hmm. Seven and four. I mean, and we had to have that discussion with them, you know, telling them that, hey, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. I mean, it is, like the other car was saying, it, it's, it's the, the way that we live nowadays. I mean, well, Kevin, what about this? Some people don't think it's appropriate for a four-year-old to have an iPhone or a seven-year-old to have an iPhone. Well, they maybe they're not ready. Too. Huh? They have iPads, not iPhones. Right, but do they go online by themselves? 
No, we locked, we locked it out. It's all locked out. Okay, so what are they doing with their iPad? Ah, they can do, I mean, there's tons of different apps that, you know, as far as learning apps and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, that they play on, and, you know, when they're sitting in the car, I mean, they watch movies See, on See, I don't think that there's anything horrible about little kids being curious about themselves. It's only when an adult becomes part of it that you're like, what the fuck, you know? Um, it's weird. Obviously, with little kids, you know, playing doctors is as old as this planet. Yeah, the, the thing that I guess what really kind of caught us was that, you know, when it loads onto the cloud, it's on all your devices. Right. So that's where, you know, my wife's a prosecutor. And, right. I mean, we sat there and had the discussion. It's like, holy shit, can you imagine if, you know, you pulled up your phone and had that shit on there? I mean, I can't imagine. it could happen. Uh, all right, this is a bizarre story. But, you know, the other thing uh, is, like, maybe little girls, they see little girls posing and being somewhat sexualized everywhere in our society. And why wouldn't they want that kind of attention, you know? That's that's the thing about teaching kids, you know? You uh, almost I have to teach them that the whole society is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, what my wife does for a living, you know, it's, it's a, we talk about a lot of this stuff openly because yeah. we want them to understand, hey, there's bad people in the world that do bad shit, you know? And, I mean, I just think it, you know, if, if more parents were talking to their kids at an early age, you know, it may knock a lot of this shit off. But, you know, it, it's, it's got to be a collective effort on everybody's part. All right. I appreciate it, man. Peace. Right, um, Jay, you're on the run of Fed show. Jay. Oh, yeah. Ron, I'm sorry. Uh, does anybody remember the movie Pretty Baby? Uh, yeah, Brooke Shields. That was a seventies movie, um, directed by I can't remember a French guy. Right, full frontal small. shot of a preview of Brooke Shields standing up in a bathtub. Yeah. What would that? What would you? What would that be considered? Well, even at the time, that was quite controversial. But uh, they would have shut that film down right now. Yeah, they would have okay. shut it down. Right. Okay, okay. All right, Ron. Thanks. All right, guys. peace. They, they never would have let that um, film run. But I don't think anyone thought that Louis Maul was like a child pornographer. He was trying to do it, tried to show off this artistic thing about prostitution. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been able to fly today. No, people here, naked preteen, no thank you. Mm. It was even edgy at the time. Yeah. Even at the time, people were like, I don't know whether <laughs> this needs to be done. Know. They actually said this. I know it's the 70s, but this is still nuts, <laughs> even for now. And shit was wild back then. Ask Yankee, he'll fucking tell you. Also tell me about how great Billy Bob Thornton is, and I'll believe him. He's about the best there's ever been, the best there ever will be. This son of a bitch can hit from either side of the plate and hits what? for distance. <laughs> best second Arkansas has ever had or seen. I'm talking about a 400 hitter. What a damn, Kinky. If he wanted it. Oh. Me and him were riding horses down along the panhandle. A couple boys got put under the dirt, and that was the end of them. What happened to them, Kinky? You want, you want to send a letter to them, hand it to a groundhog, because you ain't going to be seeing them much anymore. 
I spit in his eye and I put two in his belly. What? Did you just admit to killing someone? Mark, Kentucky, you're on Fez. Hey, Ron. Hey, uh, my 15-year-old boy received a picture from a girl in his class. Now, her father had found the pictures on her phone, took them to the police. They found out who they'd sent them to, gave them to my 15-year-old boy, and said that they could charge him with kitty porn on his phone, even though he's 15, because he's got an underage girl picture on the stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know how it all works. I'll be very honest. I don't know. Well, yeah. It's, it's, it, the way it works is, is it's a 15-year-old girl. And it doesn't matter on whose phone it is, it's still considered as kitty porn. And it doesn't matter how old you are that you have it. It doesn't matter if you're 15 or if you're 45. So, if a kid has a picture of his girlfriend. Uh-huh. He would be considered a child pornographer, even though those two can legally do everything together. Well, no, they can't legally do anything together. They can't? Two kids can't have sex? One will get arrested? Uh, yeah. You can get arrested for having sex with a kid, even though you're a kid. All right, thanks. I don't know whether that... You know, depending on if you're both 15, I don't think you get arrested for it. I know some kid got busted, I think did time for getting a, a blowjob from an underage girl, but he was like 18, she was like 17. So yeah. that, that difference will fuck you. Yeah, and he was also black. I remember the yeah, story. Remember that? <laughs> that fucks it up. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's really weird, but we don't put anything of any more value. Like, uh, the child pornographer is actually lower than the murderer. Oh, oh, yeah. Lower than the murderer. Yeah, the, the guy, yeah, the guy, or the guy like fucks kids, a straight up pedophile, that's the lowest, probably. Particularly, and even more so, is if he does it with a boy. Yeah, a man. A man him. and a boy, and we will just say, well, they've ruined that boy's life. He's ruined. Yeah. Let's castrate him and murder him. Now, you've got to say, and why are we saying that? This is where the value we have for homosexuality. That's what that is about. Because no one ever says a 40-year-old girl and a 15-year-old boy, right? No one ever said, this fucking guy's life is ruined. He's destroyed now. Oh, no. He's like, yeah, get it in, dog. He's a hero. Well, with his buddies and all. Yeah. So nowadays, they will go and put her in jail. But they won't say his life is ruined by what happened to him. And quite frankly, you know, when you're a kid... And you have some very early sexual things. It can fucking hook into your head forever. That's why people like the last psychiatrist exist. So you can go talk it out. And most of the time you go to those guys and say, look, here's something that happened. And they're like, it's what kids do. Oh, really? It's not all that bad? No. No, don't worry. But a lot of the shit that you think happened with you sexually just seems so fucking strange. Because you, you go back to having that little kid's head. Um, Chris, you're on my face. What's up, guys? Yeah. Uh, what about Last Tango in Paris with Marlon Brando? That girl, I don't even know how old she is. She's 11. She's 11? She's hot. No. She's an adult. Jealous, she was an adult. I think she's gone now, though. 
think she died. That was one crazy ass movie. She was really young and she had an amazing body, and that's like what. I don't think she was all that young, though. Passed away. Marie Marie Schneider. Uh, What year was she born? 50. She was 20 last night. 20 years old. Oh, well, she looked like she was 14. See, that's the whole point. It's what you like, right, dude? All right, easy. (laughs) (laughs) You've kind of become the anti Kinky. (laughs) Kinky was just attacking Billy Bob the entire uh, Lewis, um, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think there was a case of a couple of years back. A girl sent nude pictures of the show of, of herself on the age girl, and they even picked her up a kid porn for having a picture of herself. And I think they also said that um, if you actually have a picture of yourself, like say, like from the '70s or something, you're a kid, and you send that out, that could also be considered kiddie porn, even though you're not a kid anymore. I really don't know all the rules. Um, just fucking crazy. Jamie, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, this is Jim. Um, I was arrested when I was 19 years old for having sex with my girlfriend, who was 16. Now, understandably... You know, we started dating when I was a sophomore in high school. And she, and then I graduated, and we got caught having sex by her parents. After I graduated, but she was still a junior. And they called the police and had us arrested, or had me arrested. Now I'm a registered sex offender. When we move in anywhere, I have to go tell all my neighbors I'm a registered sex offender. And I have to say, oh, yes, by the way, this is my wife the person I was arrested for having sex with. Oh, God. Isn't that the weirdest thing, too? It's like, terrible. You don't go around knocking on doors. I'm, uh, I was convicted of assault and battery. We never know those people. Apparently, somebody lived on my block who was, you know, on the run from Johnny Law. <laughs> you know, the eight marshals had to show up in his little apartment yesterday. They didn't declare. Yeah, nobody let me know in the neighborhood. I don't know what that fucker was up to. And there's this websites where you know find a find a pedophile in your neighborhood. Now, how long you been married to this girl? Oh, he's gone. I was just wondering what Thanksgiving's like now. Oh, Jesus. Mm-mm. All right, we're gonna break here. We got a lot to get to. Eggs, uh, what are your, some of your big videos today that you're all excited about? Uh, there's one guy who attempts to go viral and states it in his viral video and just ends up really hurting himself. I couldn't stand that guy. He was a real dick. but I didn't really even make it to him up. hurting himself because I hate it the way he was screaming. I know, he's really fucking annoying, but it's great to watch him how he hurts himself. That's what I really liked. <laughs> and then there's a Russian gas station video I really enjoy. Um, by the way, on the Billy Bob thing, you know who does the write-up at the beginning? Oh, no. Angelina Jolie. Shit. Glad to see those two. Still friends. That's great. That's a nice thing. He must have got... I mean, they, they must have killed him when they when he was with her. Yeah, they did. Why? Who gives... Fuck. Well, uh, I don't know why we get around to judging other people like that all the time. But, you know, we do get mad if we think that a man is not attractive enough for a woman. Motherfucker wrote, fucking directed, fucking Sling Blade, won an Oscar. It kind of goes to show you that women 
have a little more substance to them than men do, <laughs> because women will be impressed with that. But you saw him sitting here. He's not a hideous man. He's, he's no worse looking than any guest we've ever had. But people decide that he's unattractive because some of the roles that he's played. It's insane. But they did make him feel bad about himself. Oh, fuck that, Billy. You feel good about yourself. He gets agoraphobic. <sighs> and he gets eating disorders. I heard about the eating disorder thing. Yeah. I know he was agoraphobic, though. Jeez. Well, sometimes it just gets to him after a while. I mean, imagine being you're a naturally shy person and you're being watched all the time. There's cons probably people just coming up to him. He's like, pretty recognizable. So, you know, you'll yeah, see him. But like crazy people think they're being watched all the time here. You could actually be watched so much. We're on camera right now. Go outside. We're on camera. We're all watched. All right, we'll go through that story quick. What else is on your mind today? Let's see. Has we got anything worth fucking talking about out there? Oh, this... Ocho Cinco's open letter. I like that. Oh, I like that too. I like that. I thought that was fucking interesting. Ocho Cinco, um, and believe it or not, actually wrote a pretty good letter. Oh, normally, I read through it. Normally, when you sit around and talk about Ocho Cinco, <laughs> it's all about him. But he was coming to the side of Roger Goodell saying, look, we have a violent game here. Everybody knows it's a violent game, and now they're hedging their bets. Now, having said that, trust me on this. Football is going to be changed dramatically over the next few years. Some people are going to think that it's destroyed. Some people are going to think that it's closer to touch fucking football. Because you can't, they're not going to win these lawsuits. There's 1,700. Oh, it's, it's over. There's 1,700 lawsuits right now, and it looks like they're going to keep coming in at about 100 a year. And you can't keep paying off multi-million dollar things. Um, they're going to look like the bad guys. But we'll talk about that. And it's this simple. When a guy sets up to play football, does he know the risk? Is he taking it into his hands? Do you agree with Ocho Cinco here? Or do you agree with people like Jim McMahon who are saying we had no idea what this game was going to do to us? Um, we'll be right back. It's the Run Fest Show. Uh, you're giving her an injection of adrenaline straight to her heart, but she's got a breastplate. So you've got to pierce through that. So what you got to do is you got to be kneeled down in a stabbing motion. All right, count to three. All right, ready? One. It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, I'm trying to see what this guy's name is who wrote to me before I get into this other story. Uh, oh, his name is Doom70. He says, I suppose Avengers would be more enjoyable if a deranged loser was shooting innocent people who happened to be... Uh, Rude. Well, the point is this. There's one that makes you think, and the thing of the Avengers makes you not think. How many people were killed in the buildings of Avengers? Oh, uh, we don't know, because no one gives a fuck. Because they're not important, because they're not the superheroes. We're extras. and they're the Yeah. I'm actually more interested in what makes us have this new superhero 
obsession in this country and why it is so disconnected from the source material. When Superman came out, was there a giant... Well, no, because there weren't any more superhero movies came out after it, pretty much. Yeah, well, they came out and did three big, but after you saw the first Superman, the second Superman was like, all right, we've seen it. And then the third Superman, all right, that's, you know... You know, it's just like the Jaws movies. Like, yeah. okay, I've seen enough. Forget it. Um, where the superhero thing, uh, I do believe that even though the... Um, that we peaked a couple years ago with Batman. I think they're going to go on for a while. Oh, fuck yeah. All right, let's talk about Chad Ocho Cinco. Uh, this is up on the IB Wire today. He uh, is putting the word out that he backs Roger Goodell, who he says is his dad. And why don't you show me the quote here about people who sign up for football? Okay. Uh... It's in there somewhere, but the point is this. He's here, saying here if people... Let's, that's okay. Let's be real. If people fucking sign up to be part of this, they know what they're getting in for, and they can't come back and bitch about it later. Even though I totally get that, and I uh, agree to some point with what he's saying, it just won't go down that way. I think that the extent of guys... Signing up, thinking they'll get fucked up. They think maybe their their back will be out or their legs will go. But I don't think guys well, are thinking all, their brains when, are going to go. When a guy's 23, he's not going to think about what's going to happen when he's 40 or 50. It just doesn't exist that way. But the fact that we've signed up for stuff so we could do it. I could fucking come up with a sport where I had a baseball bat with a spike through it and I give everybody trash can legs. Badass. Yeah. And... I guarantee you to watch two guys with bats with spikes through it and trash can lids would be an exciting fight to watch. Yeah. So much that I'm sure I could sell tickets, I could sell online things, and pay enough people that would want to have these fights. But I'm not going to be allowed to do it because it's insane. So we don't live in a society where with, with what he even brings up has ever been true. We're not allowed just to run around and say, I sign off on this, let me do it. Or we would have guys that would ride on the outside of jet airplanes all the time. They would try it. Well, it seems like it could be fun. I think football's fucked. I don't think they're going to be able to get out from underneath this shit. Just after say, say I was nailing the coffin, I mean, him fucking doing himself. Maybe if it wasn't for his, or his brain. Maybe just, just the fact that he killed himself... Would it During be, this shit going down. Would it be completely different if they just offered these guys more care after they leave the league? I mean, yes. I mean, well, yes. I mean, that would that would well, never be cheaper than paying out seventeen hundred lawsuits. We don't know because we haven't been there for it this whole time. It wouldn't be cheaper on a shorter by. It would not be cheaper on a quarter by quarter basis. All right, they're hoping to push these lawsuits out, and they were hoping to win it. Uh, but to answer your question, if they would have taken care of their guys, this never would have come up. None of us would be talking about it. And then, or you'd be saying, look, how can this guy bitch? He's had his fucking hell stuff taken care of. I don't have that. I've got to do this every, you know, i got to go to work every day. No, they're, they've already fucked themselves. But your initial question, I think you already knew the answer. No, we wouldn't have heard about this. We would have never heard about it if they would have offered long-term um, 
uh, health care. Uh, Nate, you're on the Run of Fed show. Yeah, I just want to say, with all these concussions and stuff, this is the only time in the NFL that the joke's not on the kicker. Um, that is kind of funny, and I guess true. Um, Travis, you're on the Run of Fed show. Do you think the NFL would be smart if for all these new guys coming in as part of their contract negotiation that they have like a disclaimer in there uh, that they're not responsible for any injuries, including concussion, anything like that? They're not going to take care of them. That's kind of what they're going to have to do. And this is just going to keep going on. Yeah, I think even that thing probably is not going to work out for it because they would still be liable for it. Yeah, they'll still fucking sue them. I don't, I don't think yeah. they'll well, even sue them. I mean, how's that work? If I go somewhere and sign somewhere if I'm hunting on private land and I get shot, I've signed this thing that's been notarized, I can't sue the owner of the land. You can sue them, and you might even yeah. be able to win. You're just saying that right now as if you... The, as if signing something puts the end of it. But there's a lot of, most of the time that you go to court, contracts have already been done. Mo, uh, every time that I've ever worked somewhere, um, some guy gets fired because there's a breach of his contract. He loans it, no, the con and that's fucking long lawsuit. Just because you sign a piece of paper doesn't mean it's the end of the suits. Um, let's go over to um, Kendall. Kendall, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, yeah, I work for a firm down here in Texas, and we filed suit about three weeks ago representing about a 100 clients, including Randy White, uh, Walt Garrison, a lot of the former Cowboys, um, as well as some other players. One of the things that people, you know, say they signed up for this, and, and I think one of the things that, that is missed is the whole point is they didn't sign up for not being told how bad their injuries were you got to remember these people were just getting checked out by team doctors and as soon as they could go out and play they were told to go out and play and if they don't go out and play they're not going to be working again right no money. That's, that's exactly right you know it's it, the other part of it is i, I don't know you remember the uh, i probably shouldn't bring that part up but go ahead. but no, no, no. For for legal reasons, I probably should. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but um, this is real early, and it's been interesting to me because when we first filed our suit a few weeks ago, the first reactions were, well, they signed up for this. They know what they're doing. But it seems like people are already starting to understand they didn't know what these injuries were. This is different than a broken arm. This is different than a bruised leg. These are injuries that they didn't know were there. Um, injuries that were uh, continuing to get worse, injuries that the NFL knew from some studies uh, that we believe that, that they knew that these injuries were getting worse and that more should have been done. I think the NFL's probably made some strides, but, um, you know, in the 70s and 80s when these guys were playing, man, it just it, it, it was not something that, that, that the NFL seemed to care about. Uh, and mainly because they had always run that way. You know, players come and go, what's the big deal? Um, and no one expected that this stuff would be a problem 25, 30 years later. Or else those people just didn't even give a shit. Because let's face it, a lot of the GMs are gone from that era. A lot of the owners have even turned over. Absolutely, you know? yeah. It, it's it, the, the, the One of the things that that has been most interesting to me kind of watching the media on it is you know being a plaintiff's lawyer you and i talked a long time ago when hot coffee came out about yeah. how plaintiffs are viewed it's hard to look at these nfl hall of famers and say oh they're just you know out for the money you know yeah these guys did not make near the money they make now 
But truthfully, I can tell you from, from our client's perspective, this is not just about money. This is about making sure that this is different in the future. And, um, you know, some of them, some of them have, have horrific injuries, uh, and, and were truly damaged. Uh, to a degree where I believe they need to be compensated majorly for it. And others have lesser degrees of injuries. And, and just because there's a hundred names on a lawsuit doesn't mean that we're seeking the same damages for all of them. Um, obviously the damages need to be in line with their injuries. But there's also uh, a punitive element to it to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Uh, you feel like it's in the bag that you guys are going to win this stuff or is it still really hard to know which way the courts are going to go? Well, right now what they're doing is they're consolidating. It, it, this isn't a class action. What, but what they're doing is they're consolidating all of the cases to what's called an MDL, a multi-district litigation. And so all of the cases that come in, no matter where they are in the country, are going to be rolled into one court. And um, it, it, when that happens, um, it's not usually in the best interest of the plaintiffs. Mm. Uh, it's happened in the past with asbestosis and, and some other things like that. Um, we don't prefer multi-district litigation generally. Um, we file where we file for reasons. But, uh, you know, I do believe that there will be um, compensation for, for, for these plaintiffs. How much it's going to be, it's way too early to talk about that. And the game's going to change as well, right? I think so. I think the game has changed, and I think it needs to change some more, and I do think that's going to happen. Um, the, the guy earlier called up about the waiver and that sort of thing. They are doing things on the front end now. One of the things they're doing is compensating the players more. Mm. Uh, when, when, when the Cowboys of the – I mean, you've seen the uh, – uh, uh, the, uh, what was that movie? The front, Back 40 or whatever North it is. North Dallas 40. North Dallas 40. Yeah, North Dallas 40. Uh, um you know, those guys weren't paid squat. Most of right. them had second careers. And uh, they were still slugging it out like they do now. All right, thank you so much for calling us. Um, there is uh, Kendall. He's one of the people working as his attorney on this. Shit, man. Uh, sounds like he's got a lot of the uh, Dallas guys that we all grew up watching. Uh, here's Chris. Chris, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, just curious. I was watching that Man City game this past weekend, and... Like, could soccer that like gap if football goes away? Like, I don't know what would ever replace football. You know, at least in this country, I don't think you need anything that ever needs to be replaced because there's so much professional sports. In other words, what has replaced horse racing? Everything else. Yeah. What has replaced boxing? Everything else. Um, so I don't know. I don't think that you're ever going to have another football in this country because not everybody does the same thing. The, uh, I'm watching the Johnny Carson show, um, doc that they did with American uh, Masters. 15 million people used to watch at night. 15 million. The Tonight Show gets a little over a million now. So 15 million, it was basically like people before they went to sleep would watch American Idol. Just every night they had American Idol tape numbers. So, now... Does people sit around and act like the world's suffering because we don't have Johnny Carson? No. Because no. not any one person replaced him. He's been replaced by like six or seven different shows. And cable. and just Right. So fractured. it goes on and on. So I don't think there's a place for a new football. Nor do I think football is going to go away. 
I think the game is going to change uh, incredibly uh, a lot, and money is going to change it for them. Uh, Brent, you're on Run Fuzz. Hey, I just want to spit on that lawyer that you had on earlier. I want to spit on the uh, supposed uh, ethics of a man who, for one dollar more, would easily represent the other side of the same thing. The man who wants to change the game that I like the way it was five years ago that I support, and he would never support. You know, hate him, hate him a lot. Well, tell me what how your life will be worse if these guys are taken care of. I don't think it will. But so why are you, why are you I, willing I, to spit on people? Think, why are you furious? Well, I'm furious at the lawyer, because that lawyer wants to take away something that I value. And he's only doing it for the money. He, as I said, if you offered him a dollar more, he would do it for the You've, money. you've made that point, but... Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Talk about compensation for the players. He'll be first in line to get his. We all know how these lawsuits work. There's a big number up front, and then when you get down to the actual people who suffer, it's pennies on the dollar. So you do agree that there are ex-players suffering? It hasn't been proved, but I do believe that you, you're not making what? it up. I mean, if you're telling me that you're a football fan and you're not yeah. paying attention to how many of these guys are dying young, how many of these guys are coming back and saying that they've, they've lost their memories, how many of their families are saying that their personalities change, then you haven't been watching sports television at all. Um, it's all over the place. So, yes. Well, I know it's all over the place because they decided... Now, listen, I met Johnny Unitas when he was still alive, and he was a very old, broken man. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking about Jim McMahon. Nobody, we're talking about Jim McMahon, who's in his early fifties. Nobody cared back then. So yes. Uh, well, how does that make it better? How does that make it better? First of all, we didn't even used to care about the coal miners. How does that make it better? Um, here's uh, Bill in Tampa. You're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie. How's it going? Yeah. I just don't understand. These guys get paid so much money to take these hits. Would they still take these hits if they were paid less? Or do they know going in, I'm going to get paid more money than any job I could ever get, and I'm going to have to suffer what happens for it? I think that's what what is exactly what they do. But it uh, just like I made the fucking thing. If I set up this league where modern-day gladiators fight to the death, uh, guys would sign up for it. And guys would watch it. I would have a business easily. Be and then they would uh, want to come in and shut me down. Because what I would be doing would be not of a benefit to our society. So Kills you don't get around to saying just because we want to do something, we could. If that were true, we'd have fucking races on I-95 all the time. <laughs> I know it. And I'd show up to watch them. And I think players know there's injuries with playing the game, but I don't think anyone's ever told them you may end up suicidal. You may end up pointing a gun at your chest. But no even one ever if told they do. that. But even if they do, are you going to care about that when you're in your early 20s? Are you going to care about it a lot more when you're 40 or 50 than you do in your early 20s? Because in your early 20s, you don't give a fuck. No, it's... You can't even imagine it. It's impossible to get that old. It's and this is why the zero fucking birthdays are so difficult for us because we never thought we would live that long. When I turned fucking twenty, I was disgusted. 
<laughs> I felt like I don't fucking get it. This was never supposed to happen. Turning 30 seemed ridiculous to me. Um, here's uh, Matt. Matt in Orlando. You're on Fez. Yes, I hate the ambulance chaser lawyer just a because that's his job is to go find things now i do i think that they should absolutely take care of the players of course i was in the marine corps i was a disabled i'm a disabled veteran they take care of me to this day but they told me before i came in hey you know what they may ask you to go overseas and people um, may ask you to run across that field so you can get killed i knew that going in it is sad that um that these players are in that shape, but that lawyer still sucks. Well, you bring that up down, but did they, did you know that this could be haunting you, you know, 20, 30 years after the fact? Did you think about how many people uh, end up com committing suicide after seeing that kind of stuff, or the fact that our prisons are 10% veterans? You don't realize that kind of shit when you were a kid. You don't get it. You can't possibly figure that out. Um Joe, Indiana, you're on Fez. Hey, Ron, how's it going? Good, buddy. Yeah, yeah you know, do, do they got health insurance after they're gone from football? Or? Four years. Four years, that's it? Yeah, that's it. Oh, that, that's a shame, then. Yeah. I, um, I thought they had it their whole life, you know. So did I. Until these cases came up, I thought that they were taken care of forever. They get a, a, a four-year deal on that, which seems somewhat crazy. And you have to yeah, remember... Most guys that play pro football don't even have a career three years that lasts average? four years. I mean, exactly. when we sit around and talk about guys that get paid big money, obviously we're thinking about the stars. Most of the guys don't get that kind of money. Yeah, what, two, three guys in each team might get serious money? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, some of the money is, you know, don't get me wrong, if you're an offensive lineman, a defensive fucking quarterback, you could get really good money. But it's going to last you a lifetime. You know what I mean? Like, you're not... You can't spend it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and obviously, all those guys attempt to open up bars or restaurants, and they, you know, take it in the ass. Um, let's go over here to um, Kevin. Kevin, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't think, I think the rules are going to change, but I, I think in the long run, football's going to be fine because of the social aspect. It's, it's during the season, it's, it's like a holiday every Sunday between fantasy football, people getting lubed up, betting. I think that's what's kept the NFL huge. I think people well, are just, you know, yeah, my humble opinion. Yeah, we're all going to agree with that, but we all used to love prize fights. We all used to love the racetracks. Those things are still around. They're not as big as they were. To go to a racetrack today, even like on a Saturday where it's supposed to be the, the yeah. big day of the fucking week, there's no one there. It's it's fucking... At Belmont, like one of the bigger, fucking right. better tracks in the entire country. It's pretty fucking dead. Um, let's go over and... Let's go over to Gary, Florida. Gary, go ahead, pal. Good afternoon, boys. How are you? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm a product of watching under watching the NFL in the '70s, and I can remember sitting there as a kid. You you might remember also, though you're younger. The guy would get lit up pretty good, either on a legitimate good tackle, and and they would they particularly show him on the sideline smelling salts, and we'd all kind of it was all made a yuck yuck fest. So I understand that guys of that era 
uh, knowingly by ownership or whatever. I don't. But they, we know they got looped up and they got they got concussed. My question is: Is why can't the NFL to change the game back to what it could be or should be? Just have these people make legitimate tackles. You might see it once a game where the linebacker comes up, meets the back in the hole, and and puts the the, the helmet on uh, and, and takes them to the ground in a legitimate tackle. If they made the players do that instead of literally imploding into the offensive player on these uh, so-called tackles, which are really not. Wouldn't that in itself incur far fewer injuries than we're getting right now? Uh, with these for, a, you're 100% correct. But what's also interesting to me is that the so-called football fan doesn't even understand what you're talking about. <laughs> because most football fans don't know how to make a real tackle. And they think throwing a body at somebody, the way you see it now where the guy's just launching and... Like the fuck spear. Yeah, and... Coaches used to yell at you for that shit because you would miss and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is forgotten. There's something about the mechanics of football that doesn't have the same joy to the fans as, let's say, the mechanics of baseball, the the mechanics of uh, basketball do, where people love the fact that you can do the craft in it in those other sports. When we're talking about the football fan... All they get is the dancing at the end, or somebody yeah got jacked up. But you look at those guys, and you're like, do you even know the game? That you you know you learn some names, and you know you're repeating what you you've heard. Oh, this thing. But the mechanics of the game seems to be lost on football fans, so they have no idea what the players are talking about after this is over. Um, let's go over here to Doug. Doug, you're on the run of fish. Hey, Ronnie. Ronnie, I played college football for four years at a small college over here in Defiance, Ohio. And when you step on that field, you know that you can be killed. And an example of it is just this past weekend in Toledo, a semi-pro football player, 32 years old, killed on the field, pronounced dead by the time they got him to the hospital. He was playing special teams and took a a hit with the helmet and shoulder pads right directly to the chest. He stood up, fell down, and he's dead. Leaves five daughters behind. He's 32 years old. So the average fan does not understand what's going on out there. It's violent. It really will be interesting what happens the first time that we see a star football player get killed on the field. Is that going to change your, hey, we like to have the great food for Sundays? You know what I mean? Mm. When suddenly you're like, Tom Brady was killed earlier today. Are, are you going to be is, collecting your fucking crackers and cheese the following week? Did he get any touchdowns from my fantasy team? Because that's six points a shot. You're Shit, have- I had him in fantasy. <laughs> this fucking blows. Um, You'll feel silly standing there in face paint. I think you should anyway. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. <laughs> if Brady dies in the field, that would be fucking crazy, dude. Fucking Giselle's there crying. The kid, she brings the kid out with him. What happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Why won't they block from my man? The sidehawk. You can't block, throw, and catch the ball all by himself. You can't do it all. God. 
Uh, so much uh, video stuff on the iBank today. The new hipster sport. Uh, Hicks was one of his, one of your babies. I don't know who sent it in to us, but I will say this. Um, I don't believe it for a second. This is a fucking carny trick if I ever saw one. Oh, nice. They're claiming that these guys are throwing albums and having them land on the turntable oh, wait, wait, what? That fucking third one in. What the fuck on a swing? None of these. This just can't be true. All right, that doesn't. I don't know. Maybe it's like throwing a hat on top of someone's head, but just really harder. Yeah, I get. Well, do you know how small those fucking holes are? Oh, yeah. So you're going to have to either be working with some kind of a magnet deal there. It, it, yeah. Maybe or it's a fucking magnet. Bullshit photography. A lot of Asian kids real happy. Check it out under the new hipster sport. Has arrived. All right, what the? F yeah, that that's was, too uh, that's, far. All right, I gotta see that one again. These fucking hipsters are really. Yeah, look how fast it fucking slung on. It looks like it was attracted to it. I don't know, but it just can't happen the way they're showing it. These would have to be once in a lifetime fucking pros. <laughs> look at that one. <laughs> He's fucking banking it off yeah. shit, and it's a fucking vinyl record. Yeah, they have to go too fucking far now, and that's at least eighty fucking feet. And it's a bank. I just want to know the Penn and Teller way they're pulling this shit off. Oh, they play it at the end, too. Sure they are. Oh, scratch it, buddy. Hey, I tell you, I saw the president ride by last night above my house. Oh, you saw him? Yeah, it was very funny. Because they go by like a bat out of hell. That's awesome. And my neighborhood was all out looking very ethnic. We had a, It looked like the U.N. street. We had Spanish and Asian and blacks and white. All and together. everybody's like, yay, Mr. President. Fuck off. <laughs> and he's not even stopping. Him people were saying that he was waving, but... Oh, come on. There's two different cars. I don't know how which one you're even supposed to believe that he's in. If he's waving, then he's just waving the entire time for every block. Why would he? And it was the third time he drove past my house. He drove past three times. And they had cut everything off on the east side. So, Madison. Holy... Because he came down 66 right at the time. Madison is cut off. Park is cut off. All the way to York. First. Second. Third. It must have been a fucking nightmare to have a car in New York fucking yesterday. What the fuck? The funny thing is, like, the second that he drove by, then everybody started scrambling trying to get their cars on the street. <laughs> <laughs> and they were leaving way too much room for themselves. I was laughing. They were leaving, like, Dicks. eight, nine fucking feet on either side. Like, fuck it. No one else cares. I don't. There's <laughs> fucking room now. Um, Jim, you're on the Run and Fez show. How you guys doing? Hey, yeah. I uh, I coach uh, high school football. Okay, um, you know, I, I played small small time college ball, and, and and the thing I wanted to say is I agree with the one guy who called who was talking about the tackling and the hitting in the NFL. Uh, you know, I, I coached young kids like uh, you know middle school for a long time. The last thing you want those kids to do is watch the NFL and try and duplicate it because the technique we teach is to take the head and the neck out of tackling uh, and the violence out of the head and the neck and and everything you see in the NFL is you know it's essentially the exact opposite you know uh, I agree with you a hundred percent that somewhere along the line it completely changed into this other game and you don't hear the so-called football fans going what uh, what are they doing instead of tackling i don't know the last time that you saw real tackling 
in an NFL game. It's just constant launching. Yeah, and and you know the other thing is with the injury thing, and I, and I and I don't know about the NFL guys because obviously I never was around that. But one thing that's really tough with these, whether it's the head injuries or any injuries, is the player will never want to come out of the game. So uh, you know, and it, I was the same way. I you know I wanted to play. It didn't matter if I was injured or not. And the, the player never wants to come out of the game. So it's really, I think, a difficult thing. And I'm sure the NFL guys are the same way. Yeah. So. Why would you? Why would you want to come out? You know what I mean? Why would you want to, you know, in, in every job, the guy wants to say, I'm it. there for my partners. No one could live with themselves if they thought, you know, they were in a platoon and somebody else did more than them. Or You know what I mean? Texas just hanging out over there. Yeah. You would never want to be that guy. Uh, thanks, man. I'm on um, point. So no matter what happened, you're like, I, I'm going to go out for my guys. I'm going to do it. Let's fucking do it. Um, Rain and shine. Let's, uh, oh, look who it is, our buddy Jerry Barker. Hello. Hey, Jerry, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Really great takes from yourself and the callers it's on true. this topic. I, you know. Hi, man. I'm not. I'm not sure how much um, the game will change, though. I think we'll see some equipment changes and things like that. I think a lot of this that we've seen, the equipment hasn't uh, caught up to the athleticism on the field because there's always been this brutal gladiator and voyeuristic kind of uh, thing that's gone on with football. You know, back from when Teddy Roosevelt had to step in and save it for college football. But back then. but here's what you got to remember, Jerry. It's not going to make any sense for these guys if every year there's a new hundred or hundred and fifty lawsuits. They're not going. It doesn't make sense as a business venture. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think if it gets uncovered, and I think you see a lot of CYA by the NFL. I think the the fines for the bounty against the Saints are a direct, directly correlated to we're going to cover our ass here. And once we know that this was going on, we've put a stop to it. So they can, at some point, draw a line in the sand and say, we knew this was occurring, and once we knew, we've stopped it. But everybody before, you know, I think that's what they're trying to protect, protect themselves against, is the guys before they're going to admit knowing that head injuries were an issue, which I think is, you know, it's galling to think, because these are especially guys, when you talk about the Randy Whites, here were these stars in the NFL, but they didn't make great money at all back then. No, and they were the guys that the league is built on now, you know? Mm-hmm. They were, yeah, we, you know, the NFL films that people fell in love with and how they were romanticized, it was the Randy Whites. I mean, of course, you and I have talked about Jim McMahon a lot, um, you know, but it was this era of players, the Art Monks of the Washington Redskins and the Fun Bunch and, and things of that sort, but... I don't know if guys are going to stop playing the game, though. If given a choice to say you could make millions of dollars and you might you might end up with these type of injuries, I don't know if some of these young kids, like you're saying, but you know, in high school they're going to say, no, I'm not going to play. I'm going to go do something else with my life. Because the shot of glory and the idea of money, I think, is always going to remain very big. Always. Always, and again, like I said, I could come up with a more violent game tomorrow and have people watching, uh, because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, my friend, take care. All right, thanks, Ronnie. We're going to see you're going to come in and talk basketball or hockey. What are we talking? 
We'll talk a uh, little hoops on uh, on Thursday. All right, good. All right, I'll talk again. Bye, bye, Jerry. Um, Philly got the win last night. Sixers against the Celtics and Rangers. You were Rangers. That's right, 3-0. 3-0. Uh, 3-0. Now, if, no one has ever had to play this many seven-game series, so <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if they can hold on. Get a sweep and just fucking rest for a second. Jesus Christ. But those devils don't fucking count them out. Do not count that team out. Old Jersey. Old fucking Jersey. Um, Jason, you're on the run of fish show. What's up, Ronnie? How's it going? I was just wondering if uh, you ever hear people complain about how much athletes get paid, and I think that's completely they're under They're under the microscope 24-7. They're putting their bodies on the line, and big corporate owners and CEOs get paid billions and billions of dollars just to sit in an office, and they're not well, under half Including the, the people that own the teams. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are billionaires that own the teams. And yep. everyone, everyone some, for some reason, relates to them more than some fucking inner-city kid or some bum-fuck Indiana kid who just came out and is going to, for the next six years, try to, you know, set himself up. Um, plus, but, the, plus the pressure of, like, the media that gets put on them is nuts. And their jobs are so volatile. If they don't perform, they're out. And... The, um, you know what? The thing is, people kind of hate their heroes. You know, they hate them. It's a way to say, you know, when we get into it, like, when people are saying stuff like Peyton Manning sucks, Eli Manning sucks. I know a guy who actually had a, a hit song called Fuck Tom Brady. Where Fuck does him. that kind of shit come from? Fuck them. Go Giants. <laughs> but why do you think we do? I mean, we could fucking love a guy. He drops a ball. We hate him. Turn like that. It's yeah. like, why? How could you do that to us? We put all our trust into you. You're you fucking awful. For, you were gonna win it for me. You know what's weird is like the in, with soccer, the English announcers are even weirder. One fucking play will happen, and they'll be like this. He's brought great shame to his city, his family, and his franchise. And they will talk about living in shame. You look up; it's one to fucking nothing. <laughs> Next guy comes in, he fucking scores a header, and they're like. Uh, his heroism will be remembered long and forever. The annals of history. Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> his fucking head just happened to be at the right place. No one will ever forget this throughout the history. Charlie, uh, you're on the Run of show. My buddy. Yeah. My, uh, my question is, what about these uh, college players like who you know play big Division One schools like Georgia, Florida, or Michigan yeah. that are out there? They're not going to make it into the NFL, but they're out taking huge hits. And getting big shots, probably getting concussed. You know, are they? They're getting free. They're getting free Latin books. Well, are they going to be able to sue the university? And then, since it's you know state school, does that open the state up for liability? I hope so. I hope everyone gets fucking sued on that. Seriously, I hate those big colleges and their programs. It's the number two league in the country, and yet nobody gets paid. It's fucking obnoxious. I fucking hate. It. They make more money than basketball. Pro basketball. They make more money than pro baseball. And that those kids are like, How is that well, they're getting an education. No, they're not. How are fucking people... I, I hate it. I hate college Plus, football. Plus, they get to go and um, use the jacuzzi anytime they want. So I don't fucking bring that up. Uh, you got some food for us today? Yeah. Looks like the good people at Quiznos dropped off some sandwiches. Quiznos! When you're looking for sandwiches. Yeah, library to do for them, Fez? Oh, yeah. 
with uh, Quiznos. This is uh, all stuff off of the brand new menu for this summer. So it's all kinds of sandwiches with the art on the artisan bread. Uh, what are we talking about here, Fuzz? Well, one is the chicken Milano. Uh-huh. That's the big featured item off the new menu. That's the chicken, the mozzarella, and three Italian cheese blend. It's got uh, smoky tomato and basil pesto sauce on it. Who dropped these off, uh, Chris? Quiznos. So they were here and left? Yeah, they dropped. They just wanted to drop them off some sandwiches. This is very nice of them. Let's see what we have Toasty. here. This is a what, Fez? That's a chicken Milano. Now, this is the one named after Alyssa Milano? I believe so. I believe it was inspired by Teen Steam. Well, that's nice of them. That's why they toast the bread. And they've got everything on the menu, too, that uh, if you go to Quiznos online, you can see all of these things before you even head out and pick your lunch before you even get there. Mm, just look at that. That's toasty and tasty. What is? That sandwich. And they have the Q Club this uh, summer, too, where you can uh, sign up for that. How's you, that work? Oh, you sign up, and then you get all kinds of savings and alerts and everything on deals going on at Quiznos. So I'll just get a thing, like if I show up today, it's cheaper? Yeah, yeah. It'll let you know when to go to Quiznos. Can I put that in my phone? Sure you can. Good. Just go to Quiznos.com. Quiznos.com. Com. Comes, uh, is that short for computer? What kind are you having there? I'm having black Angus steak. I'm enjoying it. What are you eating, Fez? Um, I'll probably have a chicken Milano. What do you mean, probably? Uh, oh, well, I mean, if there's one there. Perfect. Now, this turkey club is, uh, they're rocking like a cold angle on this, huh? Uh-huh. Who's our interns today? We just got pips. No interns today. There's interns, dude. Think to yourself. Dan's there. No, he's not. He's not in today. Tomorrow's he didn't tomorrow's, make it? Tomorrow's going to stop by for his last day. I thought today was his last it's day. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Well, make sure these guys get to eat. Oh, they're going to have some delicious sandwiches. Because I'm not the type of show that won't feed the producers and stuff. So you can head to Quiznos, try out all these new menu items, including the new Chicken Milano. Everything on your favorite artisan bread. And it's going to feel like your mouth just took a trip to Italy. Quiznos, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm, toasty. Mm. Um... Here's Clint in Canada. You're on my Fez. Hey, Ron. I just wanted to bring up, uh, I don't follow football that close, but the NHL, they, this year they brought in a rule where uh, if a player's hit hard, they actually pull them aside, take them into the back, analyze them for concussions, and they have to clear before they can even play again. And, uh, you know, it's helped them, you know, cut down on long-term injuries. And I think another thing is with the equipment bringing more advanced, bigger equipment, I know with the NHL, I feel that if they brought back the lighter equipment, 
that you'd have less players risking shoulder injuries and stuff, uh, you know, making big hits and risking injury that uh, it would take out a lot of concussions out of the game. Um, you know, I don't even see a lot of guys wearing equipment to, anymore. That'd be a fucking dynamic. Uh, Adam, you're on first. Hey, uh, just to kind of get along with the whole equipment thing, um, there's actually a study that was done by Virginia Tech uh, probably about a year ago uh, in regards to helmets, and they actually uh, kind of rated them all and their safety quality, and the most popular helmet that was used in the NFL last year actually rated lowest on the safety rating because right now that uh, the NFL doesn't have any mandate on uh, which helmets need to be used by teams, so a lot of teams will go for the more stylish and more lightweight, not necessarily the most protective. So maybe if the NFL kind of mandated, hey, this is the highest safety you guys need to be using this might cut down on some of that stuff. Oh, yeah, it's all going to happen. It's just going to slow it all down, too. Well, I would think everyone would eventually end up in the Eli Manning big helmet, the one that looks like he's got a punch ball with a face mask on it. Why not just give those to everybody? Because I don't know if that makes it any better. The thing is, it's not one big hit that is causing these concussions. It's years the of grind. just hitting. Some of it even in practice. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's just you take so many hits to the head, and you're fucking, you start to have what I call brain jelly. So what are you going to do? I want my brain to be firm, not jelly-like. I want some gelatinous things to my... <laughs> brain what else are you uh, smoking over there today i know you got your russian you know, every day there's a russian thing do you even care about it at all today i fucking love this russian guy who almost sets a gas station on fire and what's even crazier the fucking fire sting which are fucking coats whole place and shit mm. jesus what the hell are they doing over fire there? extinguishers just seem to push fire around i'm noticing yeah it's not so much they put it out they just shove it from one place to the other. This shit's for real, though. I mean, this guy just... I've smoked a gas... Oh, God. I've smoked a gas stations before. This has never happened. I've smoked a gas stations, too. And I've used cell phones. I mean, this fucking car is about to go up. I knew a guy who um, caught on fire at a fucking gas station. Was burned up pretty bad. Fuck. And... The weird thing is, when they looked at the film, yeah, um, he had done it just to try to get money. Oh, he fucking let himself on fire to sue them. That would be a way out of stuff. Holy shit! Isn't that crazy? So like it was like bad burns, right? It was just oh, it was. I, I couldn't begin to. If I told you, you'd fucking barf your Quiznos back I up. I don't want to barf my Quiznos back up. That's fucked. They call him on tape? I, was, yeah, like one of these type yeah. tapes. I guess he didn't look into that, this whole master fucking crime. I heard about it, and I just said, I don't fucking even want to hear about this. You know, I heard the story from a couple other... Like, for a couple people said I went to visit him. Man, he's terrible shape. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking gross. That's a, a crazy fucking guy that happened to him. And then later they said, ah, oh, here's the bad news. He like lit a lighter or something when he did it. Oh Jesus! This is his idea of like you know, I guess he had seen a TV that basically like a slip and fall, but with fire. Yeah. Much rather slip and fall than melt my skin off. Can you? Oh God! I'm just even because it was melted. Oh, it was melted. 
Yeah. So these Russians gotta fucking watch themselves. Uh, Chad, you're on the Run Fest show. Chad. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. About the concussion thing, and I think one angle that that, and I don't know if they've looked at this or not, but why not be holding the uh, the doctors accountable for these players who are getting concussed and telling them that, hey, look, you shouldn't be going back in the game. Now, granted, I know the players want to come back in, but why not hold these doctors accountable that said, hey, look, yep, he's got a concussion, but hey, let him play. Yeah, I think that that would have to be proven against a specific doctor, or else he could say, look, I've got the pressure on me to get them back. And I think it's less like this now than it was back in the 70s and 80s, and that's what a lot of those lawsuits are from. Uh, go to the thing where the little kid is drumming in the back seat. This fucking kid is so adorable. Now, he's taking a nap in the back seat. And his parents start to rock on him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see this? Isn't that funny? He goes from sound asleep to... Uh, so we put this up on the iBang. And tons of comments on it. And somebody said that Dave Grohl was the one who started sending it around. Oh, fuck. Because he loves this kid. As he should. This kid's awesome. He's got fucking rhythm. That too. He's got fucking technique. The other thing that's up is the armless drummer. <laughs> this freaks me out. Why? It's just an armless drummer. Exactly. You need arms to fucking drum. But this guy throws that fucking idea out the window. I don't think you need arms to have soul, my friend. It's oh. like a whole armless band. I think he just recorded different times. Oh, I'm so stupid. Holy shit. So I guess he just somehow sticks the things to the end of his elbows like the stick is stuck in there well on the right nub I guess you could call it stump there's like it seems like he can grip things like that's how he's playing the, the bass mm -hmm. it looks like he's leaning against it tonight <laughs> <laughs> I no, guess look, technically it's, it's still an arm look look at that creepy like one finger I think he's a better fucking drummer than he is bass player. Definitely better show than drumming. Yeah. I think he fucked up by putting the bass in. He made it too overwhelming. <laughs> and plus it looks almost like he's got wings instead of arms. Yeah, that left thing looks like a chicken wing. I don't know. Well, this is longer. At least the left is longer than the right, isn't it? And he has some use out of that fucking creepy... No, I don't know. If this don't call it creepy. It's weird. Straight sight. Yeah. It's peculiar. It's different. Uh, this is the stuff that people, I think, are going to start uh, ripping off. And that's acting like you are taking a picture 
and you're taking a video the whole time. Oh, yeah. I've been caught up in that, mm-hmm. where I thought people, like, I thought I was posing for a picture, and it was a video, and they're like, no, this is video. So I'm like, now what am I supposed to do? I take a minute to talk to you in your video? Yeah. Like, this is fucking TMZ? But yeah. this guy just acts like he's taking pictures, and it's just straight uh, video. And I guess this guy, what's his name? It is uh, Dean Fleischer Camp. And he is Jenny Slate's fiance. Um, and she's the only one who keeps catching him doing it. She keeps getting pissed off at him for it. Good. But yeah. <laughs> no, lady. You're on video. It ain't, ain't no flash. You look so weird, right? Just to make people stand there like that. It's very strange. Some people take their posing very seriously when you see them wait I, that long. I know I do if I'm waiting for picture. I think the weird thing about posing for pictures... How cute is she? How many times like in life would you have your arm around someone? It doesn't happen. No. There's I, never a time that I'm not having a picture taken that I have my arm around another dude. <laughs> like, not even like, hey, man... We really had a great day today, right, buddy? Why is your arm around my shoulder? You know, just to say, that's it. That's the great experience we had. Yet we line up like that's the way we are with each other for pictures. And not only that, one will be two, sometimes four or six of us are all just armed yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Here we are. We're all holding each other's shoulders. Best day ever, people. And if you walked around smiling like that, people would think you were just crazy. I don't throw the smile out there. You never see me fucking smiling for a picture. I just give them the, just take it, dude. <laughs> take the fucking picture. Fooled you. This is video. Bye. <laughs> I, a matter of fact, I despise the fake smiles in pictures. When I see people doing it, I'm like, what's wrong with them? Like, hey, we're happy to be here, though. See, I don't even believe in a smile. I believe in a laugh. But anyone who's just smiling, like. I'm happy, so I'm going to smile. Like, Looks fucking ridiculous. Walking down the street like... <laughs> Lots of good stuff happened to me today. <laughs> Things are looking up. I'm just smiling along. I'm so fucking happy with how everything's going. I like to be just the opposite. You either sneer or you just drop that depressed look like you know the truth. <laughs> Life is hard. Life is difficult. There ain't no good that can last. Well, appreciate the good when you got it, then. That's it's right. going to be ripped out of your hands and turned to shit. You better fucking get it while you can. You better get that shit while you fucking can. Party. Um, is this Chad Dukes? What's up, boys? How you doing? What do you say, man? Good to talk to you. That Quizno sounds delicious, by the way. Oh, boy, you know it. It's really, um, really delicious. You know, I, I do a, a sports talk show, and the guy that I do the show with is LeVar Arrington, and he, look, his whole uh, modus of operandi now is to go in and train, retrain kids to actually do exactly what you're talking about, the traditional tackle, because that's not what he did in his career. And mm-hmm. he's very open about the concussions. And the line I always take on our show is that the military used to hand cigarettes to, like, our soldiers. When you watch Jaws, you see the Marianne and the Island light up a cigarette in a hospital. Right. You know, it's, 
we found out that cigarettes were bad for you. We found out yeah. that there were going to be repercussions to smoking them. We're now finding out that because football is so violent, that there's repercussions that we didn't know about. So to me, the issue is all about the new knowledge that we have now about something that already existed, and I think that's what people are missing. Do you think the game is going to change so much that people hate the game, though? Oh, man, if it's, uh, I don't know if people hate it, but it's got to change, doesn't it? I mean, it's... it's you know, if if a mother's group can get people to boycott, you know, a television show because they don't like something on it, I mean, what's going to happen? Do we even know what the lasting implications are going to be when people find out what concussions can do for you? I mean, we're just such a pussified society right now that I would I always question whether or not football could exist ultimately anyway. With how you know, I wasn't I wouldn't be allowed to play football now growing up. Yeah. I, I know we have all kinds of parents that call into our show and say, no, my kids are not going to play football now that I know this. Where are they going to draw the talent from in 10, 15, 20 years? Well, the weird thing is they weren't drawing it from any league I ever played in, so that won't be a big problem. But, yeah, but when I played football when I was a little kid, but I was glad that my kids wanted to play soccer, and I knew nothing about soccer, but I'm like, well, that's better. Because, actually, when I look back on it, even my coaches were kind of sadistic when I was a little kid. They were weird. In hindsight, you know, at the time you're like, this is cool. Uh, Chad, uh, someone who's played uh, pro ball wants to jump on. Will you want to stay on the line with me? Yeah, if you don't, if you don't mind, I'd love to. All right, this is uh, Doug. Doug, you're on the run of face show. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Uh, just wanted to bring a different perspective to what's going on here. I think that one of the major things that's, that's missing from this is kind of what the other guy talked about with the, with the medical department. The medical department in the NFL works for the team at hand mm -hmm. and because they work for the team they sometimes do questionable things to get guys onto the field you know the whole thing about it is you got to play because you got to win you got to win because the coaches and everybody's entire life and their success and their self-worth depends upon winning that game for whatever reason right and you know, the until they take the medical department away from the teams, the players themselves are never going to get the medical the medical treatment that they should get because the goal is never your long term health. It's never even your short term health. It's winning the game. And how long were were you a pro football player? Uh, three years, and I actually had to quit playing because I got hurt. Oh, what? Where did you get hurt? My shoulder. Now that is about they say about an average career is somewhere like three to four years where, you know, we focus on the, you know, the John Elway type career. But most of, like, even look when the Giants went back and won the Super Bowl again against the Pets, those teams were almost completely different teams yeah. by the time they came back to it. So you don't get that long playing as a, a pro, right, Doug? No, you don't. And the uh, the thing that's the most interesting part about it is the NFLPA is made up primarily of people that have three years or less. Mm -hmm. But the people that run the NFLPA are guys that have had extraordinary careers. Right. So the people that they represent aren't exactly the people that that have their best interest in mind. It's uh, it's one of those things where these guys that have these amazing careers are the guys that everybody looks to. But in reality, the backs and the people that are doing most of the most of the playing are not represented at any of those tables. All right, thanks for calling us, Doug. Thanks. That's it. Chad, I want you to take the front lines in this. I want you and LeVar Arrington to fix everything. 
Well, I, the thing about that is with the hitting, and then what we know about the hitting now, I remember interviewing Evander Holyfield like very early in my, my radio career and, mm-hmm. and just how punch drunk he was, and then getting a chance to interview him three or four years later and how much worse he was. It's, you know, boxing, as you said, Ron, it's not as mainstream as it was, but it still exists. We still know what happens to right. boxers, and we still pay for the pay-per-view. So, I mean, is, I think the American public is desensitized enough to enjoy a sport where they know the people doing it get hurt. It's just whether or not the litigious side of it is going to match up with that, I think. I agree 100%. And the audience, um, they're not the best kind of people of sports. Yeah. And I'm talking about myself thrown in. I don't really give a fuck about those guys. <laughs> I say, like, oh, but but when that game's over, I don't give a shit after right. a game. And the same as anything else. What, what happens What happens first? The NFL folds or you go on uh, Pepper and Dave's sports show? What happens first? I would Come love on. to do that show. I mean, it would be great. To have the opportunity, I'm hoping. To, I'm hoping to be asked. You've, uh, man, we've been been asking you. Jesus Christ! Please, I'd love to come okay, on what? Saturday. Please. Here's what I want you guys to do. Okay. I want you to listen to the Chad show. Okay. Listen to how it's done professionally, not just two guys grabbing ass and yelling "fuck" we're because not, they can get away with we're it. We're not grabbing each other's ass. I heard there was a lot of homoerotic and homophobic talk. Really? Um, on the show. This, you don't oh, listen? There is nothing homophobic. You don't listen to your friend's show. show? I didn't hear it this last weekend. No. What, what, when's the last time you heard? Uh, probably six months ago. Oh. Chris wasn't even there six months ago. I don't think I was, actually. <laughs> All right, Chad. Good to talk to you, buddy. I love you, boys. Great show. Peace. Please, it'd be an honor. I can't even get Watley to listen. You want me to show up? He doesn't care about enough about you to listen to see whether you're improving or not. That hurts. I wonder why they didn't bring some shakes or something today and make it like a whole, like a delicious treat for everybody. I got more sandwiches. No shakes, though. You can't drink a sandwich, though, can you? No. We should probably break one more time before the show. I'll break right fucking now. <laughs> Run a fest. You know what? Here's another thing about energy dude. Mm. It fucking gets you hard. Yeah. Bam. I will fuck the old out of you. I will. I'll do all of you all night. And I'll do it in my sleep. I don't give a shit. That's what I'm talking about with Thunder Muscle. It's Thunder Muscle! I'm a runaway son of the nuclear A-Bound. The world's forgotten boy The one who searches and destroys Somebody gotta help me please Somebody gotta save my soul Baby, take me for me Look out, honey, cause I'm using technology Ain't got time to make no apologies so radiation in the dead of night Love in the middle of a fire fight Yeah, buddies It's the Rana Fez show And that's that time of day again The 3 o'clock snack Oh, damn 
Today's 3 o'clock snack Musicians under 25 Uh, And you can vote on it What do you have to do to vote here today? You just click right on it or Okay Scroll down Scroll down Got a nice little poll Who are some of the uh, women involved in this? Alright this is Yubin She's 23 years old Never heard of her Japanese Victoria Justice. She's like a, uh, I believe she's like a Disney, per- was on a Disney show, and then got her fucking... And then a lot of kids get, become pop stars from the Disney show. So. Yeah, and then started doing the music thing. Mm. She's 19. And then the 19. Say we could get in trouble already. <laughs> this is Tiana Taylor. Oh, look at her. It'll be disgusting. No, I'm not. Of what? It'll be like, oh, look at her. Daddy likey. <laughs> Daddy likey. Yeah, come on. Fez, how come you never pull together your own three o'clock snack for you and your ilk? Well, I didn't know how much it would be appreciated. God forbid. Play it safe. Love it. Lock make, it. Make us appreciate Pound. it. Lock it. Pull it together. And you ever notice this too? Gay guys seem like they're more interested in the way women are dressed than other gay guys. Oh yeah, they want to critique. Yeah, the ladies. So those are up today. Um, if you had to guess right now, Hicks, who's going to end up winning this? I'm going to say this lady right here, Taylor Momsen's going to end up winning it. Really? I'm, I'm just I'm throwing it out there because she, I think, out of these young ladies. Has had a lot of the, uh, big exposure. What about the Selena Gomez? She seems to be in the in the rags all the time. Oh, true. She dates Bieber. Yeah. Oh, I don't know who Flory is, but she's doing a great job. Crayshon. I know her. I think there's new pictures of her out there. Actually, I think they might be underage too. And what about Miley Cyrus? She has a little bit of heat. I think she's going over the hill at this point. All right, I'm going to make my guess right now. Yeah. I think Selena Gomez is going to win this. She is very popular. Jesse J, eh? All right, Iggy is right now, leading Taylor Momsen mm. and Selena Gomez. Oh, man, this is a fucking race. With... Nayer, picking up some love. Iggy Azella is shocking some people out there. She's dressed very scantily for a 21-year-old girl. Um, And then Alice Costello. Nice. Is doing some stuff. It's Flory. Mick, you're on the Run of Show. Hey, what's going on? How are you guys? Good. I uh, just want to let you know, I saw Taylor Momsen in concert last week. First off, she fucking rocked, but to be yeah, honest, she was extremely hot. By the end of it, it was like, did she even play music? She was just the sexiest thing on stage. She opened up for Marilyn Manson. Oh, they're like a little boyfriend-girlfriend thing right now? I don't even know. I just know she's got her own little band called The Pretty Reckless, and they were really good. Yeah, people got mad at her because she looked one way on TV, and then she got kind of goth. When she got out yeah. of it, right? To tell you the truth, I thought it was going to be a sham. Like, I thought she was just one of those, like, 
TV girls that ended up wanting to do music, but I was very impressed by her vocals. Well, I can say this. One of the worst things that Chris Stanley can call you is a poser. Uh, get up and vote right now. Three o'clock snack. We'll try to come up with it. X, how's the voting come along? All right, let's see. All right, Taylor and Selena, dead heat for the lead. Yubin, the Asian lady, fucking coming up strong, too. Actually, she's in third right now. <sighs> if this fucking stays like this, who knows? And Hang some on. people just love those Asian girls, yeah, though. This has to be an Asian girl. I don't care what they look like. They're like, I like an Asian girl. That's all like, But like. this other girl, shut up. I just told you. It's got to be an Asian for me. They have the yellow fever. Is what we I could have. probably sell um, something that says, like a T-shirt that says, I go Asian or I keep my dick dry. <laughs> and just put that out there. And I bet we could sell a million of them. Or at least a couple hundred thousand. Fuck, that'd be great. Uh, you've sent us in a video of Peter Berg losing his shit. <laughs> and it's really fucking funny how Peter Berg is... He's not like other people. He's a director, he's an actor, and he's trying to sell his movie. And listen to how he gets off topic here. Here we go. Oh, YouTube. Oh, YouTube, you just blow. Uh, we're keeping the voting up, by the way. I, th I think the underage girls are. There we go. Secretary of Defense, the defense. Oh, of course not. Anyway, if you go over to the iBank, you'll see it, and it's fantastic. It's just fantastic. All right. Happened in Israel. What's a nickname for Bob Benjamin? What do you guys call him? BB. BB. You got BB, and who's his the, the Secretary of Defense, the Defense Minister? Yes. You have two men that are now dictating the policy towards Iran. It's a real mess because you've got to decide whether it's better to allow Iran to be armed and whether a nuclear Iran is less of a threat than an att attacked Iran. You know, if, if you attack uh, Iran now, they're going to fight you back, right? There's going to be blood. Israelis will die, right? Yes. No question. <laughs> Look how freaked the guy is. Take that now or let them get a nuclear bomb. It's the most serious issue facing our planet today. Well, more, more, more so than the movie Battleship, which you know, I'm very excited to have directed. And I love Rihanna. She's a great actress and difficult job in the film. And my dad was a Navy historian. And have you been in the Israeli army? No. What? How'd you no. get out of that? Are you a draft dodger? Uh, How old are you? How old are you? 25. You've got to join the army, motherfucker. <laughs> well, yeah, you How'd do. You it's, a long, it's a long, it's What's a long, it's a long story. What's your name? I'm Jason. Jason what? Holt. Jason Holt. Don't yeah. you have... Holt doesn't sound Jewish. Uh, well, my dad's Jewish. Okay. My dad is too. You don't have to join the Israeli army? You do. Well, how, when are you going to join? Um... We're not having this conversation. It's, uh, <laughs> I feel like I was bombed. Pleasure. Pleasure. <laughs> boom. Oh, fuck, man. Peter Berg spins it out of control. First of all, commenting on the Israeli uh, Middle East situation and then bringing it back. What do you think of him, Fez? Um, I think it brings up a good point, which is a more dangerous Iran. And I'm really curious about why that guy, how that guy got out of the army, too. Well, both of those things, none of those things have to do with the movie that he is promoting. It's made me kind of want to see Battleship. <laughs> Battleship know. looks like 
is the silliest shit in the world. But then he's sitting around going, the most important thing to us is what's happening right now with Iran. There's nothing more important than this happening in the world right, right now. Oh, yeah, I love Battleship, too. I mean, this was great. Rihanna's great. Rihanna's great. He goes <laughs> right back into I think Peter Berg is fucking hysterical. The Great White uh, Hype is one of the funniest fucking movies. It never gets any play because it isn't a perfect movie. It's nuts. But it is funny as shit. Fucking shit. Uh, voting still on. Voting going on. Hottest musician under 25 years old. Holy shit. Yeah. Just out of nowhere, Victoria Justice is taking the lead. She's very pretty. I'm not going to take it away from her. And this is going to be a long night of battling, my friend. Oh, my God. This is not... This is a marathon. It's not a quick race. Fucking back and forth. And now Selena Gomez second, and Taylor Momsen third. This is just nuts. You picked Momsen to win it all. I picked Mom. Momsen's my horse. Well, let's pick. Let's go over and check with Pips, who's in the age group here. He's the age appropriate. Youngster. Any of these girls could be his girlfriend. Basically. Without the cops showing up. Pips. Yeah, right. Hottest musicians under twenty-five. It's up on the iBang wire right now. Who do you pick? I'm actually going with Gomez. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Welcome aboard, my friend. Fine, I'll be on Momsen Island all by myself. Now, Fez feels left out, and he doesn't like to give opinions, because you said that you will offend us. If you ever did your own 3 o'clock snack, you think it would be offensive. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone would... You think you're a freak? No, I just think that everyone you're a would... self-hating freak. Well, I'm self-hating, yes. Is that because you're a freak? No, I'm not a freak, but... Are you a weirdo? Oh, I'm definitely weird. Then maybe you're more of a creep. What the hell are you doing here? You don't belong here. Beat it. That's a whole different song. Beat it! Um, Jerry, you're on the run of Fish show. Yo, Ronnie, Fezzi, Hickey, what's up? Hi. Here's the deal. I don't think we're that far away from, you know, the TV entertainment turning into, you know, 87's great film, The Running Man, okay? I'd watch it right now. Yeah, well, you know, people, Full Metal Jousting, for instance, you know, a little program people might not know on history or H2, uh, you know, it's violent. I mean, these guys are literally on horses beating the shit out of each other, and uh, eventually... There's going to be some heavy-duty pay-per-view programming where people are going to be getting seriously injured, and it's going to draw a massive audience because we're sadistic, and we love that kind of shit. We absolutely love it. Um, I'm not saying football's going to change, and yeah. it's going to be that. Uh, football will be what it is, but other MMA now is going mainly it's on Fox. It's making its way through, you know, the local channels at this point and you know no one would have believed that to happen if you told them 10 12 years ago it was I, uh, I do think that we are violent you know we are violent fucking people and we enjoy violence we enjoy seeing it in other people oh yeah it's great and i don't know what the reason is there i don't know whether it has to do with our own cowardice you know our own lack of going for it in our lives I um, don't see someone get fucked up. Fucking internet's full of that shit. 
in all those types of videos where someone's getting seriously injured or fucking or huge amounts of hits. Well, I think that Nick Walenda thing they're going to have on ABC in a month, people will tune into that to see if a guy will fall off a tightrope trying to go across Niagara Falls. But is that as old as entertainment? I mean, that's pre-sports. That's circus stuff. Yeah. And we've always done it. Um, and there's some value to that. I think watching the guy walk across there makes the rest of us go, look how life is, look how precious it is. Now, they're not going to do this live, right? No, they're going to put it on a delay in so case anything goes wrong. In case anything goes wrong is the excitement of this. Yeah, but they want it's, to see him fall. It's the, well, not even, but the possibility of falling. To know, I'm going to let you watch this, but everything worked out. It takes the entertainment value out of it. Go over to the girl on the awning. And I'm going to give you something here. The girl's sitting on the awning, and she's a drunk Aussie. Which, that's redundant. She's an Aussie. So obviously she's drunk. <laughs> now you know... Enjoy the cold one. You know this awning is... Take it to the beginning. You know it's going to give out. But when? That's the fucking thing here. That's the rubber band being pulled. Let's watch it. I'm is it now? Is it given now? Now? Is it going now? Yet? Oh, there it goes! <laughs> now, if all you saw was that part, you wouldn't get that excitement level of, I think we're running out of space. When's it gonna happen? Uh, Doom wrote back to me, if that's his real name, to say that, I don't know, somehow he had it in his fucking head, um... That if you're watching a action movie, a popcorn movie, I guess he got mad at the fact that I go, like, you don't fucking care about the people dying or whatever. I think Doom, the, I thought the Avengers kind of blew as an action film. I don't think it's as good as the first Iron Man, even, in terms of, at least with that, you hadn't seen that shit before. I just think it, it's getting redundant. That's all. We've all seen all the heroes do what they do, and they did all the same shit in the Avengers, but just they were in the vicinity of each other. I think it's a lovely film if you got kids that are seven or eight and want to take them to see it. I think, yeah, you'll have a lot of fun with it. But if you've ever seen any action movies before, you're going to be bored shitless. Shitless. I don't. I want to shit though. Fuck. The editor said, good timing of Fez for bringing up yesterday's bit today. I guess you didn't bring it up yesterday about the Melinda thing? No. I like getting it. I'll tell you why I, I, I like hearing it today. I like leftovers. You know what I mean? It's like, to me, lasagna's better the second day. Eat that shit up or are you cold? I don't know. And I also love, I love the fact that we use the iBang for our show prep. But I like the fact that some of the show prep they can't find. Like, where is it? It's further back than you think. Victoria Justice, number one. She's Selena Gomez, number two. This is going to be a hell of a battle. Mom's tonight, where are you? This actually <laughs> makes me mad, because now I feel like I'm locked in, like I've got money on <laughs> oh, Gomez. Yeah, I want fucking Mom's in the win. It's like a well, me and Pips are going to be going out later... Fucking knocking on doors trying to get people on there. Fuck. 
to be with us. Which Hansbenz was still here to help me out? Someone told me Hansbenz was killed. <gasps> oh my god! Or I dreamt it. I can't oh. remember which it was. We got to figure Today's out. show went fast. I'm going to thank uh, my good buddy. Um, and it's weird to fucking say that, but I feel like we're all pals now. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Wow, that's a crazy statement. Because Billy Bob's the man. And Kinky. Well, Kinky is, uh, is the buddy in between us. Um, and I'd like Kinky to be my hype man. I wish you stood and started fucking hyping me up. Just like, Ronnie B! Ronnie! <laughs> Big ups! So what? I know you got a book, Billy Bob. Whatever. Fuck you and your book. Just like you're the anti-hype man. <laughs> yeah, so I swear to the shit. I like Billy Bob, though. I do. I like him as uh, a performer, and I, I love him as a person, that, that crazy shit that he brings in. He's awesome. Love that dude. He has a natural swagger. If the word swag is for fucking Billy Bob Thornton. Swag, nonstop. That fucking Arkansas swag. Stay on the voting. We need to get to the bottom of this. Gotta figure this out. It's really, really important. Fuck, man. Come on, Selena. Beat Taylor. Go, Taylor. Go, Taylor. We might both end up losing this other girl. Jesus Christ. Victoria Justice. All right. That's it. And that's the end of my show. Donk. This has been the Ron and Fez Show.